All right. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 10, Milestone Double Digits of the Page by Page campaign in Carpe DM. As a quick little recap uh, to go over the uh, thrilling events of last week. Last time, our batch of deputies managed to solve a murder that had perplexed the troubled but brilliant Detective Murphy and defeated the enigmatic Mr. Gray in heated combat. The crew decided to take advantage of the gratitude and hospitality of Alabaster, a nominal leader of the fort known as the Wheelhouse, and are set to depart in the morning to continue the journey to the lost city of Yen Thier at a rendezvous with its wise leader, Lepida, in an effort to discover more about the ancient artifacts they must destroy. Uh, and that is where we're picking up, guys. Uh, the last time you were talking to Alabaster about staying over, uh, I know, Fetral, you were flirting with him a little bit and trying to make things happen, which I think he uh, was successfully persuaded by you. Yes. And uh, cool. If if we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna role play that, we're just gonna say it was a great night had by all. And uh, <laughs> jumping, you're a spoil sport. Jumping into the next, uh, <laughs> jumping into the next morning. Uh, so you guys have. <laughs> Have had a long rest. You are all level five now. Hooray! You guys are uh, getting a little bit stronger, less uh, likely to just die into a stiff breeze or something like that. Oh yeah, third level spells. Um, so town is mostly back to normal. Uh, the gates are open. Murphy's flown off and is gone. Uh, but it's the next morning. Anything you guys would like to do before you set off? Um, I think that we talked to only a couple people about this mysterious little girl. I would like to talk to the innkeeper about her before we go mm-hmm. and just see if uh, she or Alabaster know anything else about this mysterious girl who showed up and that uh, blood had treated uh, and that had disappeared. Uh, so... Oh, Did ahead. we get any uh, reward for, you know, solving the uh, the murder? I can't remember. Uh, well, you got some great hospitality, and uh, we'll, there's other stuff that we'll get to before you guys leave. I just wanted to do any kind of uh, okay. Okay. plotty stuff. Um, okay, so, Fetchel, you wanted to talk to... Amethyst or Alabaster? Which one did you want to talk to first? Um... Uh, whatever, probably Alabaster, since I'm already over here. Already, <laughs> yep. Uh, do some real quick pillow talk about a little kid. Okay. <laughs> uh, so oh, what? It, you 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 got his ear. What do you what do you ask him? Uh, I want to ask him if he knows anything about this little girl. He says. Um, Look, I, I was pretty predisposed uh, the other night when she came through. I, I don't really even think I saw her. The, from what they tell me, she came in and, uh, you know, like a thief in the night and left the next morning just as mysteriously, and I'm not really... I, I couldn't tell you a damn thing. All right. So. We'll go talk to There you go. He, he, he didn't see her. Right. Well, uh, I'd like to ask Amethyst about her, but I feel like we, I feel like Blood was really the only person who interacted with her at all, really. Um. Yeah, mostly Blood. Like she, uh, I believe you guys found out that uh, she did interact with Amethyst a bit, uh, and she is the one that got her to Blood in the first place. 
So I think uh, Amethyst is probably one of the first people the girl ran into. Okay, well, I'd like to ask Amethyst uh, for more information about her, more details, see if she well, you remembers wonder. anything of, of note. Uh, yeah, so you go wander in and find her. That doesn't really matter where, uh, you, unless you want to fight her or something. But <laughs> you find uh, you find her, and I'm stalling because I can't remember for the life of me what her voice is supposed to sound like. So uh, you just come up and ask about the kid, Jerry, very generally. She was just really exhausted and hungover So when we talked to her. So her voice was very exhausted and hungover. Yeah, Which, when uh, you do that, you usually lean into Scottish. <laughs> I won't judge you for any voice you choose. Okay. Uh, yeah, you go find her, and she's much peppier uh, and more energetic this time, and she just says, Hey, look, uh, yeah, about about the kid, she she strolled in. Uh, she, I guess, you know, heard all the, all the noise and the celebration coming from the tavern, and she, uh, you know, came up and, and looked pretty lost, and I, I saw her. I saw her right away. I came over, and then I immediately noticed she was hurt and uh, limping, and something was wrong with her leg. And I had asked her where she came from, and she uh, she was really flighty about it. I I I know, John. I now remember what her accent was. <laughs> I know. Uh, so yeah, she she just coughs and says, <clears throat> "You know what? Screw it. I can't. I can't do the same one anyway. So let's." This is important in the conversation. So she says, "Yeah, I, I, I noticed she was hurt right away. I thought we got better get her to blood. Uh, I tried to ask her a couple of questions on the way, like, oh, but she are, didn't ask was, for help. You, you, you helped her because you saw she was hurt. Yeah, she she looked pretty distraught. She looked lost. Uh, it, it was really weird that she showed up without her parents or anybody who was looking after her. She's a bit young to travel by herself. I think." Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I know she, she did tell me her name. Uh, what, what was it? What was it? What was it? I think she said her name was Lenore. But I can't quite recall. Oh, shit. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> uh, but that's. That's all I got. I, uh, she she wouldn't really tell me where she came from. She came up the road south, I think, according to what some of the guards said. But I didn't see her until she came in the inn, obviously. So I'm I'm not sure how much more help I can be. You have been most helpful. Uh, thanks. Is is somebody is she somebody you know? She might be. We we were looking for a roommate of a, of a lady from the previous town we were in. We were trying to track her down, and that, that was actually her name, but she wasn't a, a child. So, uh, yeah, not, not too sure, but uh, it's a lead on a mystery that we've got going uh, on the back burner. We're just uh, regular mystery solvers traveling around, you know. Oh, what fun. Does that, does that pay well? Not yet. it's very true she she chuckles a bit and just says yeah well neither does this it's 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 hard out there these days isn't it it is it is 
You just hear Thulgrid behind everyone whisper to himself, She's a witch. Which <laughs> <laughs> uh, one? The, the innkeeper? Because, yes, she is. Well, Lenore, but okay. She's a witch. <laughs> you, you are surrounded by witches there. Uh, so, uh, is there anything more to this conversation, or you, you're good? That's all I wanted, if anybody else wants to chit-chat, but we got a name, finally. Yeah, I wanted to uh, talk to her a little bit. Okay, what about? Um, uh, Amethyst, um, wanted to thank you for speaking with me about uh, alchemy. Um, would you happen to have any any supplies that I, uh, alchemy supplies that I, or materials, uh, recedes that I could purchase from you before we leave town? Uh, she says, sure, absolutely. I, I normally charge for those things. It's not, uh, it's not a charity after all, but you were pretty instrumental in uh, taking care of a menace to our society. So I suppose I could part with a few things. What, what were you looking to make? Uh, well, I, you know, uh, first things that come to mind would be some mercury and some sulfur. Okay, you actually uh, have an ingredients list. Uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess out of character, I don't really know what the requirements are for, like, certain potions. I was just wanting, like, uh, good things news I can is- practice with. Oh yeah, good news is neither do I. So uh, I guess the, I, I guess the, I mean the the question is more what types of potions or whatever do you want to brew? I uh, honestly, I was just wanting like the uh, the materials, like matter or chemicals that I would be experimenting with as I'm, you know, attuning to my alchemical tools. Um, so I'm not quite at the potion level yet. I just you know, I have the tools, but I don't quite have the, you know, I would like, I, you need more, I guess, mercury, sulfur, salt are some of like the general things. Yeah. Uh, ingredients wise, I haven't the slightest idea, but sure. She can give you a, a handful of things. Uh, go ahead and roll a uh, D4 for me. All right. Un momento. All right, one, uh, you were actually looking for lower. So she's going to give you a handful of things. And uh, let's say you, you can mess around with that. And in one day, another, another day passes, you'll, you'll manage to get something out of it. I don't know what yet, but something, something will happen. Awesome. So cool. Uh, so you've got that. Anybody else have any business they want to attend to? I, I had one more question for Amethyst. Sure. Uh, Amethyst, what uh, would you say has been the most important lesson that you would pass down to a new alchemist in your experience? If you could pick one. Oh, God. Um, I, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's not a canned answer I had to pull out. Uh, let me see. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you got to be careful when you throw an alchemy character. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
she she looks at you and she thinks really hard for a second and then just looks back and with a sly grin kind of says until you really know what you're doing try not to breathe too much i like it thank you you got it uh i'd like to walk off to her and put the undead snake fang that i've been carrying around and ask her is there any kind of potion that you can use for this um she takes it looks at it for a second and says oh sure this is uh this looks very much like the fang that came out of uh some sort of naga these can be converted into a very very potent poison they're not good for much else though Hmm. Shoot. I, could uh, make, I could make a poison out of it if you'd like. Uh, quick, quick conference with the group. Do we want a poison? Yes. Uh, I don't Definitely. not want a poison. All right, <laughs> fantastic. Yes, I, I, I would. Uh, if you, if you please, uh, make a poison out of this. Um, you know, undead naga. Uh. And she Please. says, sure, if you'll, if you'll be in town for another hour or two, I could probably get that to you. Fantastic. Cool. Uh, so, I, I suppose, then, if you don't have any other business, I'll, I'll just take this and, and be off. Anyone else? Nah. So, mode it be. Not unless she can do something with the turquoise. Um, uh, I mean, it's a... Probably not. I mean, <laughs> yeah. she, I mean she, probably not. Okay. She she might be able to enchant it or something if you wanted an enchanted gem for some reason, but yeah. I, without my uh... speaking of enchanted ge- gems, can uh-huh. I ask her about the uh, the the gem, the necklace that we gave to Santiago? Like, if she knows anything about what that is? Um, Does sure. If you have like a detect magic or a. Ooh. Oh yeah! Oh, she um, definitely does. Um, nice. So, if you present her with that, she'll take a look at it and say, "Oh, these are these are pretty rare indeed. This is this is this is old old magic. This is magic meant to manipulate mortal minds and pacify them and." basically sap them of motivation. It's, I know, I don't, I'm not an expert in these things, but I know this, uh, you could use it for a, a pretty devious trap if you, if you hit enough of it somewhere. Oh yeah, we know that. Oh. <laughs> I see, well, I, I suppose you had to get it from somewhere, but uh, <laughs> I mean, in, this, in, a, in a, this small quantity, I'm, I'm not sure it would do anything other than have maybe a very minor mood stabilizing effect, but it oh yeah, we do that too. I mean, look at the crawfish. She does, and Santiago just kind of waves at her. Says, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and... I love Santiago. <clears throat> Would you happen to have any craw honeys? Because we're still looking for craw honeys. And she says, um. <laughs> I, I I don't think we really I I don't think we do. That's that's one thing we're uh, fresh out of. I'm afraid. Sorry, Santiago. <laughs> the quest continues. He says, "All right, it's all right, man. All things in good time. All things in good time. You know, we've gotta good things come to those who wait, right?" 
Are there any shops nearby that have salamanders? That have what? Salamanders? Uh, probably not a living one. Mm. Okay. Like, is, uh, is there any place in town that is a apiary or somewhat <laughs> bee-related? Um, so this is a settlement of like 250, 300 people. Like, they need honey. Maybe. Petra just sitting by the city gates, strumming on his. Yeah. I was more thinking for everybody else to leave. I was thinking more in terms of like the bee dude from down below. I didn't know if there might have been like a connection that you would have been like, aha, glad you said that. Uh, no. Okay. Okay. And they, they probably don't have an APR either. So. Okay. Um, while we're waiting for her to make the uh, poison thing, yeah. um, and before we head out of town, I'd like to take a moment and maybe uh, find like a quiet area and investigate those two vials a little bit more now that I have some tools that will help me better assess what they do or what they are. Oh, the ones you found way, way back in uh, mm -hmm. the cave? Well, I'm. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong. I I believe you Harry, had identified one of them. You had a red one and a yellow one, and I believe I told you the yellow one was a potion of feather falling. Oh, I don't know if we can. Maybe we confirmed it. I knew, man, I knew it was something. Oh yeah, that sounds right. And it was just the red one that was uh we hadn't confirmed yet. Then yeah. So okay, uh, so yeah, the red so one. I'd like to investigate then. Yeah, with with your tools now, you can definitely really pretty easily identify this because this is a really common, uh, just minor potion of healing. I knew it. Yeah, I knew it all along. Yeah, just had to uh, bite the bullet and drink that at some point. Yeah, yeah, man, there's a lot of feathers floating around here, huh? Would seem that way. Uh, all right, so. Anybody else have business? I guess I'll just uh, I'll meditate a little bit while uh, while we're waiting for the potion too. But other than that, no. All right, cool, cool. Um, so if everybody else is good, uh, we can we can go ahead and get you guys out of here. Perfect. Fantastic. All right. Um, so that being said, you guys wrap up, and Amethyst is able to get the, uh, the poison back to you. Uh, just before you, when you're packing up to head out, and she gives you this vial of just evil-looking black tar-like stuff, uh, and she says, "This is um, this is very, very potent. So I definitely would suggest using all of it at the same time, and unless there's something real big you need dead, but uh, it's um." This is this is nasty stuff. So so be real careful with it. But a little a drop or two of this on a blade, and it'll it'll definitely uh, cause a nasty shock for whoever's on the receiving end of that. Uh, and functionally, what you guys are getting is this uh, nagafang poison, which you can apply to basically any weapon. Like blades work better, but it's like a contact poison. Where if you do that. Um, It'll take an action to do, but you can add an extra, let's say, D8 of uh, poison damage to any attack. Does it have to be 
sorry, does it have to be applied immediately before or can it be applied like right now to a weapon preemptively and used tomorrow? Uh, you can do it right now. It just, you know, probably would, uh, you have to be careful with your sword. Um, and how many, like, uh, at, you know, uh, logistically, how many uses does it have? Um, that's a solid question. Um, let's say who requested this? It was you that requested the poison, John. So go ahead and roll me a d20. Oh, wow. That's a. Oh, goddamn. Um, Gee, god, mother. <laughs> I hate this. Within that one, one. you got out of the way. Um, so I'm going to be real generous and add five to that and then say you go, you'll get six uses out of it. Okay. Thank you. Kind, generous lord. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. Uh, so you can apply it to a weapon six times. Uh, if you really wanted, I, I don't like to use it just all at one go, you could probably like throw it all at something and it would cause like 68. 78 poison damage, so you can also do that. What if we uh, dipped, like, a point of an, of an arrow, or like a bolt, or something? That's what I was gonna say. I was thinking more federal head, and just did a tip dip. Uh, very apropos. Um, if you're doing <laughs> if you're doing that, then I'd say, I don't know how many arrows are in a quiver. You could probably do a full quiver of, like, 20 arrows or something. Okay, cool. Hmm. So if you want to do uh, to do that, however, it's going to be less going to be a lot less poison on the arrow tip. So I think you'd do less damage, but we can cross that bridge when you come to it. All right, all right. Um, uh, group consensus. I have no problem if someone else takes this. Does is is there something more suited? Someone more suited to have this? I mean, probably someone stabby or hammery should have it because. Um, Mosher and I and I both have more ranged attacks than magical attacks. So, I mean, unless we were doing the quiver of of, of arrows or bolts or something. And Fetchel, you yeah, do have your uh, you do have your plus one hand crossbow too. Oh yeah, I have my my old Betsy. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, if we're doing it for hitting, I would much rather Solgrid has it uh, because Solgrid is far more consistent in actually hitting the enemy. From a technical point of view, I don't I don't really know how well that would work, because I smash things with a hammer. It would work fine. Okay. Yeah, you're okay. just really pushing it hard into their skin until it actually goes through through osmosis. Yeah. Well I mean okay. if you can I mean if you can if you can successfully attack somebody with a war hammer and not open a few wounds, that's I'd be I'd be pretty impressed. It's like you're gonna make them bleed. If they have armor on, that would not be weird at all to not do a whole lot of damage. Stop! Pre- stop preventing me from giving you things, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brad. You yeah. now have the Nagavine uh, or Solgrid. Apologies, apologies. Uh, you now have the Nagavine poison. Cool. Hey, uh, quick question. Actually, before are we, do we have we left yet? Or are we still? Yep, guys. You are. I mean, you're you're kind of wherever, but you haven't left yet. Uh, do do you think she could uh, cast some type of charm or something on my my seven pointed star amulet? <laughs> um, like, what do you? I mean, what do you? 
aiming for here? Uh, I mean, if she's a witch. Uh, I mean, functionally, she's she's like, I guess, classed as a wizard. Uh, so I mean, she can enchant things. Uh, yes. If that's what you're looking for. Um, that's. I mean, she's you know, kind of done a bit for you guys, and I feel like she, she feels like her dues have been paid. However, if you want to try to convince her, you can roll a persuasion check and see if uh, you yeah. can talk her into it. I'll do that. And let's keep in mind that her and I spent some time together earlier. <laughs> you're, a, you're a great conversationalist. Uh, I, think you, I think you got an 11 on that uh, charisma check, so you know, an, an okay conversationalist. <laughs> um, True. 14. 14, 14. Uh, she rolled against that and did poorly, so she she says, um, Sure, I guess I could do something like that. Uh, if you're on the road, what, did you have something specific in mind? Um, I mean, something either protective or stealthy is always a plus. Um, Alright, hang on. Let me let me figure something out here. Yes, uh, she she's able to do that. Um, it takes a little bit of time, but but she's able to do, do that. I should just be like, you take six hours, and you guys are going to stay here another night. But uh, <laughs> she is able to do that pretty quickly. As to what that looks like, I'd have to actually do some research and figure out how that's going to work as an item. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll I'll have something for you at some point. I know I'm getting, I'm getting OP over here. Uh-huh. Sounds good. All right, I'm 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 done. No more questions for Amethyst for me. Thank you. All right. Uh, so if you guys are ready to head out, uh, while you're packing up and you're getting in and geared up and getting ahead of town, Alabaster approaches you and says, "Oh yes, I I've almost forgotten. You've done me a great service. I feel like I only should pay you in kind." Uh, and produces a a large green silk. Uh, sack that he throws over to you. I think he gives it to you, Fetral. And he's I'll wink at him and say thank you. And he says, I, uh, you know, next time you're in town, absolutely stop by. And he has given you a bag with, um, mm-hmm, let, me, let me roll some dice here and make this real fun for all of us. All right. He has given you a bag with a hundred platinum in it. Whoa. Whoa. So, What's that, the that conversion I, to gold? That's a thousand gold. He said, uh, yeah, he, he gives me back a thousand gold and says, also, I, I have made some arrangements with, uh, or horseradish, that was her. He says, I've, I've made some arrangements with horseradish and uh, I, have, I have something else for you that you'll get uh, just past the city walls. You'll see. But do... Do stop by if you're ever on your way back. But please don't don't offer to fix cracks in my walls. So that's 200 platinum each? Uh, no, there's 100 total platinum in the bag. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Nice try. Um, cool. So you guys are, are done? You're heading out? I think so. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I so. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so you... Exit the gates, and uh, just before you you head out, you see Horseradish standing there, and she calls over to you and says, 
Well, I'm I'm just pleased as could be you all could figure a way out of it and take care of us. Uh, you know, sometimes we need a little help from outside, and I appreciate that and appreciate you being here. And uh, courtesy, uh, courtesy of myself and Alabaster, we, we figured this could help you out. And she leads you over to a stable that's outside, and she has horses for all of you guys. Oh, snap. Yes. Wait, we get horses? Yes. Like permanently? Yes. Wow. Okay. So look under your seats. Everybody gets a horse. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) So functionally, uh, out of character, uh, what does this do game-wise? Functionally, it lets you get places a lot faster, for sure. Um, And uh, in terms of... more when we stay places. You gotta look at the downsides there, Petrol. Um, uh, Also... Also, reasonably, they're they're pack creatures, and you can have a you know packs on the horse where you can carry you know quite a bit more than you normally would be able to. So you guys can store more shit traveling about. Do horses fit in bags of holding? Uh, no, and <laughs> they don't fit. Um, uh, people technically can. I think a bag of holding, the opening to it, I believe, goes up to about two feet across. So if if a person can fit in there, like. You, you absolutely can do it. However, there is no air in a bag of holding, and I think the rules state that uh, if you're in one for longer than five minutes, you die. So, ah, uh, touche, touche. Can we uh, attack from the horse? Uh, yeah, sure. It's, I mean, depending on what kind of attack you're doing, it, it, there might be advantage or disadvantage to that, but... What, yeah, what, what do our horses look like? Uh, however you want them to look, guys. <sighs> your horses, you... you as, yeah, I mean, can mine be a dragonborn horse? Uh, I don't think that's a thing. Uh, can can but, it be? Uh, it's D Not not yeah. in this town because they don't they don't have anything real fancy, but they do have some good you know some good pack horses. Um, but yeah, you guys All have right. as well. Let's roll. All right, All right. I Old hop on my horse. I what's have, the what's the song? The Old Town Road. Yep. Take my horse, horse to the Old to Town, the old town road. road. Gonna, gonna ride, ride till I can no more. Alright. So you guys uh, pack up, get on the horses, and you take off. And you know you're still heading north to a landmark that. Um, What's her face? Gosh, I can't remember any of my name, NPCs' names. Lady back in the trial, lady. What was her name again? Gosh. Nazra, that was her name. I had to go five pages back in the document. All right. So, uh, yeah, Becca, back when you were there talking to Nazra, she gave you this very general idea of where you're going and a couple of landmarks that you should be able to see. But you guys head north, and you're going a lot faster now. And where you're trying to get to is probably uh, about a day's travel, and you might make it there by nightfall now, before it would have taken you a few days at least, but you're, you're moving a lot quicker. And you notice um, a couple things as you head up. One is that uh, the kind of low-lying shrubbery and like copses of trees and grasslands that have been uh, to the side of the road, uh, on the side that the river's not on, 
they're definitely thickening up, and they you are pretty soon riding up along next to a a very very large forest, and you just start, see the trees like going off in the distance, and looking directly at it, it's very thick. It's very overgrown. You can maybe see two three trees deep into it. Beyond that, it's just dark. And the further you go north, the bigger the trees get until you're basically riding next to, you know, redwoods that are hundreds of feet tall. And it's this very large, very imposing forest. And in a very subtle way, as you're going up along it, you notice that the, the, the path that you're on, the highway, gets a, just very slightly further away and has a bit, bit of a lean to it where it seems like somebody wanted to keep the path going straight north, but decided to just move it further and further and further and further away from the edge of the forest. Because it's it's receding a little bit, but it's still very much within sight. And nothing super eventful happens on the way up. And you get up to this first landmark that Nasser told you about. And she gave you about the length of time you'd have to go and the distance you'd have to travel. And said at first you're you're going to see a couple of very large trees that have fallen together to make basically a giant X uh, shape in the forest wall. And it's apparently very distinctive. And you notice this. And she told you that when you see that, no matter what else you see nearby, you want to go through it and walk through the triangle-shaped entrance in the bottom below where the two trees came together. And she says, you want to you wanna go through there and keep going no matter what happens. No matter what happens? Are we about to go into the Feywild? You don't know. She just said, you want to walk through that. Do our horses fit? Uh, yes, they do. These are very large trees that have... That have... Nice. Can I whip out my, uh, I'm going to bust out my, my, uh, inspector gadget hat, <laughs> light my candles. Sure. That'll, that'll provide some amount of light. Uh, you notice, yeah, you notice, uh, I'm just going to pull you guys over to the map real quick. Yeah. So you guys are, uh, about right here Chris? in the map. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, are we are we at that spot or is it up ahead that you're talking um, about? So it's it's off the road. Like it, it is just like the wall of trees where the forest starts. You it is just it's right there, and you're probably I don't know 100 feet away from it at this point. Gotcha. I I just want to um, I want to do perception check and um, uh, I'm checking my character really quick. Make sure I think this is my. Um, type of terrain let me make sure not at all but i i just want to i want to check uh for the terrain and um i'm a wood elf so i just want to see if there's anything happening there that is out of the ordinary Can yeah sure make a make a perception check with advantage oh yeah um yeah i don't think you need to roll again unless you want to try for that 20 uh but 23 is going to get you pretty much anything and you um I think 
you as a druid and especially one at your age uh absolutely would have would know the high forest pretty well in terms from an academic standpoint and you've probably maybe been here uh a couple times various parts of it like it's a very very large as you can see on the map it's you know probably 100 miles by 300 miles it's a massive amount of woodland uh, and you've probably been to small parts of it for the most part uh most civilized folk don't really go into it very deep as it is very thick and overgrown and it is just full of all kinds of shit like some are really obvious like there's giant spiders like there's dire wolves there's all kinds of dangerous stuff in the forest uh and uh, and a lot of stuff that you know is is very old and very mysterious very spooky like there's just a bunch of stuff in there that's bad news uh and so if you've been here you've been to you know very very shallow bits of it uh but you know that going into this is oftentimes a one-way trip for people and this is uh this is this is pretty scary thank you so good for your horse description am i actually when you say it's pretty scary is that is that a feeling that i have or is that a like a knowledge that i have that people are afraid of this spot uh it's 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 knowledge that you have like you as a druid um would probably have a healthy respect for it and you yeah. know that when you walk in here you are not at the top of the food chain anymore and if you are not very aware of yourself and your surroundings and very respectful of the places you're walking in uh things will go south real quick so that's that's definitely the sense you get where you're not necessarily afraid of it you're just like yeah this is this is some real shit with that perception role, am I able to see any like druidic messages anywhere at the entrance? Druidic messages? Yep. Oh, do you know what I'm talking no. about? Uh, like uh, it's kind of like secret signs and shit. Yeah, so like one of the things is druidic. It says you can use it to leave hidden messages. You and others who know this language automatically spot such a message. Um, but it's a perception check. Magic can't read it. So just looking to see if like there's any. Any druids left any signs or or messages before heading into this spot? Uh, no, you don't see anything like that. Um, what you cool. what you do see with the, the perception check is you can see a little bit through this archway that's uh that the X of trees is formed, and past it the for the forest is just as dark and thick. It seems, uh as it is pretty much anywhere else along the, the tree line. However, when you really stare hard at this opening, something just seems kind of off about it. And it's like, maybe like looking at a wall that somebody had painted and they ran out of the one variety of paint and moved and move on to the next shade. And there's this very, just very subtle difference in, in tone. Uh, and that's, that's about all you get. God, in that particular spot that you're describing there, how far away is that? Is, is that still about the 100 feet away? Yeah. Well, I, as we move, when the group decides to move forward, I would like to keep my uh, attention in that area. All right. As someone with experience with the Fae, because I'm a College of Glamour uh, bard, is this something that I would recognize as uh, an entrance to a Fae wild? Um. 
It doesn't seem like the entrance to the Feywild. Uh, go ahead and give me a... Give me an Arcana check. The 16. Um, there seems to be something about... It doesn't seem like it's a portal or a gateway uh, to another dimension or anything. But looking through this gap in the trees, there almost does some sort of a... There seems to be some sort of illusory quality to it. <laughs> okay. Are the uh, are the horses showing any sign of fear at oh, being oh. around this area? Oh hell yeah! You're you're gonna. It's gonna take some doing to try to convince them to go in there. All right, I would like to lean over and on my jet black horse with the one googly eye and kind of crooked jaw and whisper and reassuringly, "Easy, Federal. Easy, easy." And then sit up and. <laughs> John, if you want to ride me, you should talk to me about it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going to lose our PG-13 rating. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I think that was um, on the first episode. Chris? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Um, using my staff of woodlands, I would like to speak with the plants. Okay. What? Uh, any particular plant you're trying to talk to, or just kind of whoever's listening? Uh, sure, let's go with the second option. Okay. These are uh, some ancient trees. Yeah, there's some very the mostly you, what you see are very very large old trees. Um, there's a couple of like mosses and lichens and like smaller forest floor floor plants around. But let's say um, you cast that, and because it's a staff of the woodlands and you're in a woodlands, uh, you can probably talk to a tree. Not one of the ones that's forming. Not one of the ones that's forming the gate because those are long since dead. Uh, but you know, pick yeah. a tree, any tree, and you go up and and you can and you can talk to one. Great. And I'm gonna. It... Sorry. No, I'm go ahead. Start, I'm just. I was just gonna start with you know, uh, laying on you know salutations and blessings and, um, Aku would much rather be here than in any of these towns that we've been in. So, um, just just words of of affirmation and adoration. Not in the like schmoozy schmoozy sense, but just like uh, you know, like like very uh, like a family homecoming. Uh, and after all that, uh, then I would just like to ask: um, uh, Have has anybody passed uh, through this spot uh, recently? In the tree, uh, you the, it kind of sinks a little bit in the wind and. It says to you in this very deep, breathy voice, What growth do you hail from, small thing? I hail from the Ashari people uh, in, in the woodlands of, I don't know. <laughs> so, I don't know where my character's from, sorry. He says, mm. let's, let's, let's pretend you, you said something uh, profound um, <laughs> that he I mean, recognized. Yeah. Uh, and he he just says, hmm, long way from home up here, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am, I am, I am an explorer. He says, none of your kinds tend to pass through the wood and then later pass back by me. Most who go in do not return. And those who do usually don't want to be seen, much less spoken about. 
Mm, thank you. Did you, just for clarification, Chris, did you say one of my kind passed through recently? Is that Was that the beginning? Uh, he seems to imply that there might be um, some folk, like he obviously can't see right. very far, uh, sense very far, but he, he implied there might be some folks that come in and go out, but they, uh, they are not people who want to be spoken of, and he seems to be hesitant to talk about them. Um, is there any way I can try to, I don't know, flatter him or persuade him to... Sure, roll, roll persuasion. Well, what if I don't want to roll persuasion, though, because I have okay. one. <laughs> yeah, that I mean that negative one isn't gonna do any favors, but yeah, uh, the tree just yeah. says. Uh... Sorry, you were you were saying something? Well, I was I was just gonna ask him. Um, um, you know, we we would like we would like your permission and your your blessing to. Um, enter into these um, ancient woods uh, might you have any any tips or suggestions on how to navigate in such a way that we wouldn't spoil the ambiance of the place he says that is a path that you'd like to walk down make sure you stay on the path whatever might appear to you to Lure you off of it, scare you off of it, divert you. Pay it no mind. Stay on the path, and if they want you to reach the path's end, you will. Okay, so two questions. Um, is there a literal path that I'm seeing, or do I need to question him about this path that he's discussing? Uh, he's pretty obviously referring to this, uh, this opening in the trees. Awesome. Uh, and when you refer to they, um, about whom are you speaking? There are many groups that live in the forest, but the one down that path has been there almost as long as I have. And they don't get many visitors, so they may be wary of it. I'm not sure what they call themselves. They've never properly introduced themselves to me. But they don't seem like the friendliest sort. But what sort of what sort of things or customs um, might make them happy or might allow them to lower their guard? I'm not sure. I know. I think occasionally they accept trade. But... Maybe I I can bother you for one more moment. Um, might you be able to send word or communication through the forest um, that there are some guests uh, that have your favor um, if if that would be okay with you um, walking through uh, he says I'll do my best but word among the trees doesn't spread that quickly wonderful I go give him a hug you damn tree hugger you uh, <laughs> cool um all right, well, you've learned something from a tree, maybe. Uh, anybody else want to do anything here? Yeah, um, I'd like to bury a one gold piece at the foot of, of the tree that Yaku spoke with. Okay, sure. 
Sounds good. Um, you mark that one gold piece off your sheet. Yes. Uh, <laughs> for communication, is the tree uh, commuting, communicating um, through branches or through their microbial uh, network? Uh, man, I, I don't know. They're I'm heading tree, in. Tree magic. Okay. Fetral is <laughs> tired of waiting for people to talk to trees. Um, all right. You oh, heading... I'm sorry. Uh, bef- th- this isn't tree regarded, but I did cast um, detect thoughts, which would, there's a portion near the bottom that when I cast this spell as my action during the duration, I can search for thoughts within 30 feet. Um, for oh wait where did it go uh okay you, i can de- detect wait, where did it, uh yes yeah um but yeah within thinking creatures within 30 feet of you no i okay. mean yeah it's just nothing nothing that close can uh, i pretend like we casted it as we enter yeah, it's, it's for a minute where while we're traveling. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to do a concentration of it, you can you can hold it up for a minute. Sure. Okay. I can I can let you know if anything changes. Um, hang on, I have to read this really carefully now. It's just yeah. There's a portion near the end, near the bottom. Is uh oh yeah. I can use the spell to detect the presence of thinking creatures I can't see. Okay. Within 30 feet. 30 feet, okay. And they have um, to have an intelligence of higher. Yep, that's the, that's most things. Cool, so you're casting that. Fetral's going in, I'm assuming, uh, uh, Sherry, oh. you're going in as well. Yeah. Everybody else uh, starting on the path here? Yeah, are we going Ooh. in with our horses, or are we tying them up uh, on, and having what you, them... What you're rolling for over there, uh, <laughs> back there? That was, that was me. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. What are you? What are you? What are you rolling for? <laughs> I, I rolled a hand to see. You broke up there a bit. I said I, I rolled animal handling. See how well our, my horse goes into this um, <laughs> into the woods. <laughs> yeah. So I probably should have waited for you to say something. <laughs> karma. Yeah. Um, karma. 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 Within that one, absolutely doesn't want to go in. Like, none of these horses want to go in. And, like, if you want to try to use a spell or, like, um, convince them in some way to do it, it's going to be hard. I'm going to say your horse, they should be relatively safe if you want to just leave them outside. They're definitely safer outside than they are going in with you. Chris? Yes. Um, I'm going to use my staff of the woodlands again to um, okay. speak with animals. Okay. Just ask my horse. Um, you know, again, all the greetings and salutations and all the bullshit. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you more than humans. Yada yada. Um, but but uh, basically, just want to ask, you know, um, for its input and what is it sensing. It says, gosh, I have to come up with a horse voice now after a tree voice. You're making me work for it tonight, Wayne. (laughs) If you do, Mr. Ed, I'm cool with it. He says, I I don't want to go in there. I don't know why why you'd like to. I I certainly don't. What's what's in there that's so great? 
plenty of sunshine and grass to eat out here. I don't, I don't think we need to go into the woods at all. Of course, of course, that makes sense. But our destination lies inside these woods. Um, besides the sunshine and the grass to eat, what is, what is holding you back? Well, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's lots of things in there that would happily snack on a horse. Uh, that's that's pulled me back. I don't know why it's not holding you back. You're smaller than I am. Like, there's more things that are going to eat you. So, really, I, I'm not sure why you'd like to go in. Uh, I appreciate the input and the wisdom. Thank you so much. Are you are you okay <laughs> staying here with your friends? <laughs> Better out than in, I say. Well, that's what, that's what she said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my honeymoon. Okay. Uh, Will we be coming out of the same, uh, the same path? Yeah, you don't know. You you have no idea what's going to happen to you once you walk in. I think that we should keep the horses with us. He said that this was big enough for the horses to come through. So I mean, I don't. Our destination is on the other side of these woods, right? Like that's where we're heading. So we're not gonna come back anytime soon, like not within a day, at least. I mean, you're not you're not trying to get to the other side so much as you're you're going into it. Like what you're looking for is in the woods. Somewhere. It's a du- it's a dungeon, so to speak. What Although, are we looking for, though? Are we going to like some hidden place? We don't know. We don't know. Someone's cousin from the well, dark. What? Yeah, what we're now? looking for there or Lapita or whatever. You're you're. Looking for a lost city, which seems like would be pretty obvious once you find it. I guess I'm. I guess I would vote towards trying to coax our our horses to join us as well. All right, um, just in well, case your horse. You and me. You made a real shit animal handling check. So if everybody, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, if everybody else wants to, like, I'll I'll say this: everybody do an animal hand, animal handling check. If the majority of people pass, then we could probably convince all the horses to go. Uh, ooh, Saul Grid's got a five. Fetrel's got a twelve. Yeah, John's got a six. Um, I'd like in the bed. I'd like to continue using my staff of the woodlands and use oh. animal friendship on Chuck. How many? I sh- do you I charges? Have, yeah, do you have? I have ten charges, and I have used one, and I've used four total. Okay, what does animal friendship cost you? One charge. Okay. Um, how does that work? Uh, the spell lets you convince a beast that you mean it no harm. Choose a beast that you can see within range. It must see and hear you. If the beast's intelligence is four or higher, the spell fails. Otherwise, the beast must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be charmed by you. Anyways, it, it's charmed. It's charmed by me unless unless it fa- like. Unless I failed, it's charmed by me. And the duration is 24 hours. Yeah, cool. Uh, you are the one who's going to be able to use your animal friendship and convince your horse to go in. Nobody else is going to be able to pull that off. Even with a 12, I can't? No. Yeah, I don't think our horses want to be in here. I'm not going to kill your damn horses if you leave them outside. Like, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just gave you the horses. I'm not going to immediately take them away. Yeah, yeah. As oath, I'll, uh, I'll be back. Cool. Um. So okay. yeah, what? 
I'll leave, I'll go ahead and leave mine, but since I've I've charmed him or her, whatever you decide, um, I'll just I'll just give it some love and tell it to uh, watch over everybody. And if anything goes down, or you hear me yell butterfly, I want you to come running for me. Okay, okay. He's he, he nods and he's got the message. Can you ask mine if if it likes the name Slate? I'm I'm just gonna. You'll, you'll have to pay me for that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I only oh. I only have so many charges in my staff of the woodland. <laughs> How well, do you get charges back? Uh, it has long rest. Okay. Basically, the start yeah, of the, the next day, day. The next day. Okay. Uh, all right. So you guys are leaving the horses. You're going in. Uh, everybody's going in. Yep. Ballin. I'm already um, in. All right. And give mine one final pat and walk away. Yeah, you'll come. You'll he'll be back. He'll be, he'll be waiting here for you. Um, but I like how much you've bonded with this horse over the you know the day that you've had him. Uh, so you guys wander in uh, through this archway. And you start wandering down the path, and as you come up to kind of the just the, this wall of undergrowth and branches and trees, it's in the way that it looks very dark beyond it. You kind of see it shimmy and shimmer a little bit. And as you walk up, you notice that you, while you feel something there, it's definitely not solid. And you can, there's a couple of trees and a couple of smaller, uh, like saplings that you seem to be able to just kind of walk right through. And you end up doing that. And you walk probably about 10, 15 feet, and it's very disconcerting because you can't actually see much of where you're walking because you're walking right into these illusions. At about 10, 15 feet, you see a path open up before you. And instead of this dark, very foreboding forest floor, you see you're surrounded by all these tall trees. Like, it's still very dim in here, and there's not a lot of sunlight getting through. But there is a very clear dirt path that is leading off into the woods. Is this the spot where the where I was noticing like the weird kind of discoloration you were talking about? Yeah, you you walked right through it, so that's what your uh, that was an illusion of some kind. Roger that. anybody have, have like the ability the to touch magic? Was a little girl. What 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 question? Mm. What was that, Wayne? I was just wondering if anybody in the group has the ability to detect magic. Uh, that's a great question. I don't think so, but uh, I John does not. Yeah, Mosher, I think, might, but Karak's offline for a few minutes, so I don't know. We can ask him when he gets back. Um, so anyway, you guys are right. walking. I'm, I'm here. I just am not in Roll20. What's up? Oh, did you, do you happen to have Detect Magic by any chance? I don't, unfortunately. I, would, okay. I, sh- I really should. <laughs> cool. Uh, so you guys start walking down the path, and you are making uh, pretty slow progress with it and you everybody make a perception check really quick yeah you notice everything you with the 25 let's see the do, 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 do perception it's like being on mushrooms like he feels everything as well come on <laughs> and <laughs> and on my roll for mosher mosher got a seven uh, as well as john so they're just real distracted um I know Mosher is a pretty scholarly, or formerly was like I think a kind of a military guy. Uh, probably does a lot of city work, and you know the wilderness isn't really your bag, so to speak. 
John, you're just, I don't know, you you see a bunch of really cool butterflies and you're like, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> but, gosh, Yaku and Solrid and Yaku especially, you guys hear uh, a it starts with kind of a, a faint screaming, um, and it sounds a lot to you like there's a little kid yelling or crying out, and you hear like trampling through the forest, and you hear like twigs snapping, and you just hear you know a, a, some kind of a child's voice just being like help, 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 help. Uh, but you don't see anything yet. Don't uh, leave the path. And it gets and it gets louder and louder to the point where the rest of you guys all hear it as well. And you're just like, uh, you just hear this kid off in the woods saying, I'm lost, help me, help me. I'm so, I'm so scared, I'm so scared. Male or female? Uh, sounds female to you. What is your uh, name, child? I, I, I help, help, I, who are you? I don't, please come find me, come find what me. What is your name, child? My my name is I I I I uh, uh, Alton. What is your name, child? Thrice asked and done. Alton Nora. This is uh, I don't think I'm yeah, I, 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 I forgot. <laughs> don't leave the path. Uh, to answer <laughs> to answer your question, uh, Fetral, uh, Santiago's, you know. Is a chill guy. Like he, he always like maintains a certain level of chill. But like he is definitely the least chill here that you've seen uh, him be so far. And he's kind of you know curled up in himself. He's he's pretty 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 spooked by this place in general. Um, but yeah, you guys hear this voice. What do you do? I stay on the path. Uh, yeah, ignore and stay on the damn path. All right, guys. Uh, so you keep wandering down the path. And can I chime in really quick? Yes. Um, if you guys like, um, you'd have to watch over me, but I can cast uh, Night Owl, and I can go uh, look ahead and at least see what we're walking into, unless you feel comfortable that we're okay and me not using a spell slot. Ooh. Any input? Um, I don't think we should use the spell slot. Anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds yeah, I'd say save it. I can I mean I can go into wild shape. I can go into wild shape. Never mind, I'll save it. Let's go. Let's, yep. What do we got? All right. Um, Needless to say we're all on high alert, right? Like do we need to like roll perception like so that at least we're not gonna get fucking ambushed or something? Uh, I mean, you you did just roll for seven. I was gonna say I'm gonna have you make me another roll because you guys walk for uh, probably about half an hour or so down this path after you hear the voice, and you're getting deeper into the woods. It, it seems it, it's starting to get noisier, and you're hearing a lot of snapping twigs. You're hearing distant, really distant, low growls. You're hearing all sorts of birds and insects everywhere. Like it's gotten really, really, really loud, um, and just an abundance of life that you can't see. Like, you do see birds and occasionally, like, bugs and stuff flying past, but anything else you hear, like, you, you just don't see it. Um, it's all but everybody, illusion. Don't leave the path. Um, but everybody uh, make another perception check. Right. Since it's, we've had time. All right, Solgrid doesn't notice shit this time. Come Six, on. yeah, he's got a 13. Come on, John. 
Come on, John. And John's got a 12. Ah, I've got a 5. Chris, you got to roll for uh, Mo Uh Sheridan. Now, Chris, I I have a question. Yes. Um, I wasn't able to update my um, level 5 on this. So right now it has my proficiency proficiency bonus at plus two but it should be a plus three at level five does that change my perception or is that for saving uh if you have no it's it changes anything you are proficient in so if you have perception tagged as a skill then yes it would change that so right now i have a plus six yeah would would that be a plus seven yes okay so i roll a 14 uh, so a 14 with you, and Mosher rolls an 18, and Mosher is about to save all of you. Uh, Mosher, are you there, by any chance? Yes. Okay. So here's what happens. You get, as you're walking down the path, you hear all this uh, this cacophony of sounds and all this noise from the, the animals surrounding you. But then you hear something a bit more regular, and it sounds like a couple of branches snapping um, right above you. And you still don't uh, notice anything. You still, don't, you still don't notice anything other than that for a few seconds, and then it's a really quick flash Actually, no, you don't, because you uh, you stopped concentrating on your spell a long time ago. So you don't get anything from that. Uh, but you hear it, and you look up in time to see um, a figure. It looks humanoid. Uh, it's wearing very dark green and black. Uh, looks like full body armor of some kind. But they're very well blended into the colors of the canopy. And this figure is descending on a rope and was set to come down about right behind her group and comes down off this rope and hits the floor and is going to throw a dagger at you, Mosher. And but you saw him, so he's not gonna get advantage on this. Uh so yeah, he's gonna have he's gonna have a twenty-three to hit. So he is going to hit you with this dagger um, that gets thrown out and does all three points of damage to you. Let's throw a knife isn't that bad. Uh, but yeah, you turn around just in time to catch him throw this dagger and it like hits you like right in the shin. It's a glancing blow. And Mosher cries out. Everybody else snaps around. And you guys notice that there are three more of these figures dressed in this black and green armor that just descend out of the treetops. And everybody roll initiative. Stay on the path, they said. You'll be safe, they <laughs> said. <laughs> it, the, the tree never said you'd be safe. Of course, I like just traded out my like field for enhanceability uh, or something. All right. Um, reaction, do we? Do you have a a uh, a scene uh, like a map set for the inside the forest? I. Don't because I couldn't find a good one. So I'm what I'm gonna do is like pull you guys over. So just for positioning, we're gonna use reuse some map assets, guys. So I'm gonna pull you guys over. Uh, 
right here it's a forest path you're not missing anything visually exciting uh, right. but here on the path uh you guys are all about right here and you are now surrounded by this group of four so you have this guy right here that just came down and threw a ni uh, knife and he's getting a short sword out and ready uh then you have three other guys here here and here uh, a couple of them have bows out one of them has some kind of staff uh and you guys are they really... are enormous yeah i i they, they are kind of hard to see against the backdrop so i made them really big but they're normally they're they're normal well-sized they're not so where uh, are we uh you guys are kind of right in the center here kind of all grouped together all right mm -hmm. okay um so we heard an order up. The assassin has uh, gone first, at least the guy with the knife. And next up in the order, we're going to have Yaku. You're kicking us off. What are you going to do here? Uh, are you? Uh, can I take that to me? And you're casting Contra Animals. <laughs> I didn't realize I was muted. Sorry. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to conjure um, two beasts of challenge rating one, uh, which I'm going to bring up uh, two dire wolves. Challenge rating one. Is a dire wolf a challenge rating one? Sure okay. is. All right. Um, cool. I don't Can know I... if I have wolves, so give me a sec here. You want, do you want me to put the uh, copy and paste the information into our chat? Sure. So, sure. We got two dire wolves. Let's say uh, these will be these will be big too, so you can see them. Got a lot of lot of shit going on <laughs> over here. Oh, that's that's gross. All right, there we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. What did I miss? <laughs> uh, the morbidly obese wolf strolls la lazily out of the forest. Uh, hey guys, I'm here for the battle. Uh, he he can barely fit through the goddamn trees. He just like stumbles onto the path out of breath. Um, you're saying it, so you're saying it matches the caster. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Really? All right. Um, so now there are two dire wolves on the scene, uh, which I guess they're gonna have to roll for initiative as well. All right. If you wanna, I'll, I'll just roll for them really quick. Well, how do they? Let's see. How do they operate here? You conjure animals. Are they friendly to you? Roll initiative for, for them as a group. That's what I was gonna do. Uh, they obey any verbal commands that I issued to them. No action required by me. If I don't issue a command, they'll just defend themselves. Yeah, that's a cool spell. So you have summoned wolves out of the forest that came uh, out of kind of nowhere, and they did not roll super high on their initiative, so they're going to fit in somewhere. Gosh, there's so many, so many initiative things. Right there. All right. What's the rest of the recap rolls? <laughs> okay, so you have summoned wolves. Uh, are you going to do anything else on your turn? Um, can I just, like, be in a, like, I guess, defensive stance? Like, just... Why not? You look pretty defensive to me. Alright. Um, so you, some of the wolves, they come out of nowhere. They're gonna go eventually. Uh, but now it is the turn of these three other guys that just dropped. And so first we have two archers, and... <laughs> what are they gonna shoot at? Gosh, I think one of them is going to take a shot at you, Yaku, because they don't know if you're going to be able to summon more critters, so taking you out is a priority. Uh, and they rolled like absolute garbage. So 
It, you got the drop on him. They they were expecting to ambush you. This guy fires wildly and misses. This next guy is also going to take a shot at you because they're on the same page. And he gets a nat one. Misses wildly and God, let's say his bowstring snaps and he is just you know done. He's gonna he's gonna be out for a round for repairs. Um, shit. Wow. And then there's this third guy who's got a quarter staff and he is going to come up and not attack Yaku. He is going to attack. Uh, Oh, let's see. One of the big beefy guys. Uh, let's Not say, yeah. <laughs> yep. Let's say John. Sweet. Uh, attacks you and gets net six. These guys can't roll worth shit. Uh, so that's their turns. Next up in order, we have Fetral. I eat. so um, we all know I was walking through the woods with my uh, uh, little Betsy prepared to go, so I'm gonna go ahead and shoot up this archery guy with my uh, with my crossbow. Plus one bow. Go for it. Fire that bad boy off for the first time. 14 uh, is... Let me double check. I think this is gonna hit him. Yes, it's gonna hit him. Uh, go ahead and roll that damage. Alright, three, and just, the, just to be clear, did you you weren't poisoning any of these bolts, right? These are just straight up. I did not poison any bolts since okay. I did not have the poison. Uh, yeah, so the plus one, you take that out, level it at him, fire off the bolt, sticks right into him, uh, and he yells out in pain. Uh, but obviously he's, he's still doing pretty good. Uh, anything else you want to do? Um, no, I'm good. All right. In that case, next up in the order after Fetral, we're going to have... The wolves are going to go, so I guess, Yaku, what are the wolves going to do here? Sorry, dude, what's up? I was talking <laughs> to my son. Okay, uh, it is the wolves' turn. What are the wolves going to do? They're going to fucking bite some shit. All right. <laughs> who, are, who are they going to attack? Sorry. That's the, uh, that's the Pinot Noir talking. I apologize. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, okay, so if, am I able to ping on there? Uh, you should be able to. Well, um, let's just say, um, who were who the archers? Can you can you ping so, those for me? These guys right here are archers, and this guy's got a quarter staff that he's playing around. Who's the big one, like, just to the, uh, yeah, that guy. That's the guy that attacked uh, Mosher, came down. He's got a, uh, a short, short, uh, short sword and a shield out. Roger that. Um, the, so Top Wolf is going to... Well, can either of the wolves attack the left archer to the left of me? Uh, that is seems that like that's within their movement. They, Yeah, they got a speed of 50 feet. They can totally get there. Well, top left is going to go towards archer to, to my left, and the guy in the bottom wolf in the path is going to go to the archer on the right. All right. So you got one wolf for each of those oh, guys. Oh, actually, yeah, I lied. Yeah. I lied. I lied. I lied. I'm so sorry. Which, which one rolled... The natural one and busted his bow because he's gonna have to take a turn to take out another weapon, right? That one right there, yeah. All right, so screw him. Um, uh, wolf, whatever wolf is first and the who's up is gonna attack the other archer. Okay. Um, so archer here. So they're both attacking the same guy. Well, can I? Can we just do one individually to see what happens, and then I'll and then I'll decide for the other wolf. Well, they're gonna take their uh, yes. Technically, they're taking their turn at the same time. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, roger that. Um, then, yeah, they both attack the archer. 
Okay, so they're both attacking that guy. Um, so it looks like they have something to hit. Uh, I guess if they're doing bite attack, it's a plus five. So just go ahead and roll me a uh, 2d20s and we'll add five to it. And they also have advantage. Am I still getting the buzz, by the way? Uh, no, actually. That has been solved somehow. Uh, I took out my headphones. <laughs> yeah. Alright, 2d20. If, if they're within 5 feet of each other, they get uh, advantage on attack rolls. Okay. Um, I mean, you don't need it because that's gonna... So... The 11 plus 5 to hit would hit anyway. Um, so that's that's a hit, but if you want to reroll both of those uh, to see if you get the other hit and also um, see if you get a crit. So two, 2d20 again? Yes. So we're gonna just take the highest two rolls out of those. All right, yeah. So your highest two are gonna have a you're gonna have an 18 and you're gonna have 22, both hit. Um, so they just rush up and use these pack tactics thing. Uh, they flank this dude. They go at him from either side. They both leap and pounce onto him, uh, and they uh, rip him a new one. Like they tear right into his armor. Like he's gonna try to succeed on a strength check as well. Uh, is there armor metal, by the way? Uh, it is leather. Got it. Um, so, strength check fails, uh, he is gonna be taken down by these wolves. That's gonna be bad for him. Alright. <laughs> um, for all intents and Yeah, oh no, yeah, the, the damage... Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you didn't have to roll damage because it just—it's—it's—it's ten. Unless you want to do TD two D six plus three, but for the most part, it's—it's—it's gonna be ten. Let's just go with that. Which is plenty to take him down. Accept your wisdom. Okay. Um. So they take this guy down. He is out of the picture right now. Um. This guy is still fixing his weapon over here. Uh, After the wolves turn, Mosher, you're up. Um. What is uh? What's the diameter range of the people by each other um i mean they're they're surrounding you we're gonna say like these like they're all pretty close they probably came down within about 10 feet of all you guys depending on how big your group was um to each other god i mean these guys are within about 20 feet they're all probably they're within 20 feet of each other all all three of them um if from this guy to this guy, let's say 30, 35, but there may be 40, like, back to most. Okay, as much as I want to nail the guy that's stuck in this wimpy little dagger, I'm going to be strategic about this. Uh-huh. And I'm going to pull out a ball of bat guano and sulfur. And <laughs> <laughs> just say, fuck us, you cast firebolt. Fireball. You have fireball? Yeah, I do. Oh shit, is that a third level? Yeah, it it is indeed. Alright, um... I just gotta figure out how to do this. So who are you casting it at? I'm gonna do the middle guy. Middle guy. Um, Alright, what's the the area on fireball? 20. 20 feet. Why is this? Alright. Oh, Um, I have to pick what level I'm casting it at. Yeah. Got it. Whoa, that's a lot. I'm gonna do it on. Oh wait, what just happened? Oh, I want to do it on the other yeah, middle guy. Is it pinging? Yeah. So you're doing it on the middle guy. All right. Um, I'm gonna say 
it's 20 feet. It's going to hit this dude as well. So they're both going to make dexterity saves to see if they can take half damage from that. One fails. Both of them fail. These guys can't roll for shit. So they're both going to take the full damage. Yes. Um, And also, I'm going to say the path is pretty narrow, and the guy with the uh, quarterstaff is the one that just went up and attacked John. So he's right up in there with John, and John's in his grill. So John, make a dexterity save as well. All right. John needs to... Ah, All good. Comes with a... Comes with the territory. Dexterity um, save, you said? Yes. Okay. Come on. Yeah. All right, yes. so you, you're you going to yeah. make that, and you're only going to take half damage. Uh, we round down. So, I believe. Uh, so uh, 11. 11 hit points I take? Yes. Oh, Ooh. sweet. Chris I, got a, so I, got a potion for, I got a potion of healing for you after. Yeah, all yeah. good. All right, so he takes 11 damage, gets singed, uh, but manages to dive out of the way. Uh, both these guys, this guy's in the middle of fixing his bow. He gets knocked backwards, and he's on the ground. He is singed. He is out. Uh, this guy right here, blown backwards, his clothes are on fire. He rolls around on the ground for a bit, but he is gone as well. Uh, so you guys, you just took both of them dudes out in one hit. Yes. Nice. up on us. Yeah, uh, and then it's just this dude left, but next up in the order, we have John. What are you going to do? Uh, John would like to uh, attempt to, to, to hit him. I've gotten one good roll tonight so far, so I'm not really confident on... Uh... We shall see. Do we want to try and talk to any of these guys? Oh, if, oh he's going to die. Never mind. Shit. Uh, yeah, so you get uh, 26 to hit. Definitely, absolutely hits. All right, fantastic. Roll that damage for me. Uh, Yeah, you take the dagger out, you stab him right back. Uh, It's just a flesh wound. He doesn't seem real phased by it. Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to do, though? Uh, Can I yell in his face like a madman? Sure. Why not? Fantastic. All right. Uh, Solgrid. Wait, wait, wait. We got to hear him yell in his face like a madman. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) Sorry. Not peanut butter! Oh, oh my god uh the, the the cracking of the audio and that really really made that so much more disturbing um anyway so silver's up in the order Silver, what do you do with your nat one initiative uh, yeah <laughs> uh I'm walk up to the guy and smack him with a hammer go for it uh, yep, 23, for sure hits, and you smack him good in the face. Like, you you club him, and you uh, you see a tooth fly out. Uh, he is definitely bleeding, but he's not terribly, terribly hurt yet. Uh, anything else that you would like to do? Doing extra attack. Uh, the 10 is not going to do it. Yeah. All right, so we want totally to got another attack now, but uh, what's up? Do we want to try and, um, what's it called? Uh, restrain this guy, yeah. That's that's before, your call, guys. We kill him. Um, you guys I know we're in battle. What, yeah, while, we, should we catch this guy? What do you think, team? <laughs> uh, while that's happening, he's going to attack. Uh, I can stabilize him if we do kill him, or at least you know knock him down. I can bring him back to zero hit points. So let's do it. Um, so 
Yes. Uh, he's going to go ahead and swing on Soul Grid. Uh, he gets two attacks. Let's see what happens here. Is he evil? No, he's not. Uh, do, 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 do. God damn, that four. There we go. That's a 24 to hit, so the second one hits you. So he's going to do six damage to you. With Am I sword. only seeing... I feel like I'm not seeing your rolls, Chris. Did something weird happen? Because I had to have you do something for mine. Uh, I mean, you're not supposed to see my rolls anyway. Oh. Because so. I'm, I'm a total <laughs> noob. Sorry, guys. Yeah. No. Oh, good. Um, most of the time. Anywho. Uh, so six it's damage. Just a little push of a request. <laughs> uh... Six damage and uh, Solgrid, make a Constitution save. Uh, all right, twenty-one. You are going to save against that, but when that when his sword goes into you, you definitely feel uh, it burning, and like not only is it just a slashing pain, it's a burning like almost like acidic type pain, uh, and you're going to take twelve poison damage. I have resistance against poison damage. Then you're going to take six poison damage. So, 12 damage total from that uh, also, short sword. For yes. a prints, I have advantage against saving throws against poison. Okay. Well, That's you made that one, so. Yeah. You've, like, you've been playing a dwarf that's immune to poison for 10 years. Uh, okay. <laughs> God, um... So that was his turn. He attacks twice. Yaku, you're back up. Um, can you please remind me, is it just the one dude that uh, did the initial stab in the beginning that's left? Correct. Is anybody who's uh, the, the two that are next to me, are either of them hurt? Uh, like? I, uh, my party, the two. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think that's I think that's most Aaron John, but John, John took yep. some damage from that fireball. Yeah, I took uh, 11 damage from Yield Fireball. <laughs> I'm going to uh, ask uh, Cure Wounds, whoever got Fireball. Is that John you said? Yeah. Cool. Um, so go ahead and yep, go ahead and roll your D8 plus your spellcasting modifier. Evan, what's your spellcasting modifier? Give me one moment, kind sir. Spell attack bonus? Yeah. Six. Cool. Uh, so, John, you're back up to full health. Oh, fantastic. That was awesome. Thank you. You're doing great. Uh, so, anything else you were doing, Yaku, or are you good? I'll just let him know he can buy me a pint later. The fantastic. You you got it. Awesome. Alive. Uh, now, everybody, go ahead and make uh, yet another perception check real quick. I know it's in the middle of battle, but... I love it. All right. Oh, God damn it. All right, um, so Solgrid and Yaku, you both see this. Nobody else notices, but you guys are in the, the pitched frenzy of battle. You're all facing this dude who is, uh, you know, going toe-to-toe with Solgrid. Like, the fact that you notice this, Solgrid, is really impressive. Um, but <laughs> the the three guys that were the, the, the smaller guys that came down and shot at you, uh, they're bodies are no longer on the ground. Uh, they are all gone, and with your 22, Yaku, what you notice is you take a quick little glance upward, 
and you see their, uh, them, or at least their bodies, uh, ascending back up into the canopy on these, like, vine-like ropes. And they're, they're ascending up, uh, out of sight. Uh, Wait, like but, a marionette puppet? Uh, not like a puppet, like they, they're, like, tied and harnessed into them, or kind of, sort of, but, uh, I think one of them's kind of hanging on, but they're, they're heading back up. Uh, John, and then... Sorry, am I able to ready my bow at all, or is that... Uh, I mean, that would be a thing you could do on your turn. Roger that. Um, so then it's the wolf's turn. Actually, no, it's Fetral's turn. Fetral, what are you doing? I, yo, I'm gonna go ahead and... Just the one guy, and Mm -hmm. someone's engaged with him, or is he still pushed back from the fireball? Oh, no, this, this one guy didn't get caught in the fireball, um... But he uh, is facing Solberg right now. Okay, so they're they're next to each other. Yeah. I right, then I'm just gonna go ahead and shoot at him. All right, take a shot. Yeah, 25 for sure hits. Damn. You nail him like right in the face. <laughs> uh, cool. So yeah, you nail him right in the face. Uh, like I think you almost take one of his eyes out, and it's just so it's right one. At him. It's 1d6 plus dex plus 1, right? Or no? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay, then yeah, that's right. Cool. Um, so yeah, he, he almost has an ah, my eye is missing moment, but uh, narrowly avoids that, but you do nail him really good. Um, after that, it is going to be the wolf's turn. Yaku, what are the wolves going to do? I'm assuming they're going to attack this dude. You have assumed correctly, sir. All right. Um, then roll... To attack with them, I guess, again with advantage. So let's do 4d20s all day. All right. Um, so that's a 19. So only one of them is going to hit because those other rolls just ain't going to do it. Uh, but he is going to lunge forward and jump. try to jump at his throat. Uh, try to take him down. He's going to roll on a strength save. He fails the strength save. God, dire wolves are overpowered. Uh... Yeah, uh, just grabs him uh, kind of close to the throat by the collarbone and tackles him. Deuce Dude is now prone under a wolf and he is trying to fight the wolf off. And he did take the damage from that. <laughs> After that, Mosher, Mosher, it's your turn. You, This guy is now prone uh, and being mauled by a wolf. What you doing? Who sent you? From what I understand, though, like, now that I've hit level 5, I'm pretty much kind of, uh, like, uh, tapered out from here on out. I mean, I, I hope you I hope you don't peak at level 5, my man. Like, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be, that would be a shame. Uh, but we'll the see. Wolves, the wolves should have had advantage on the attack. They did. You that rolled 4d20. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So... I want to ask the guy who sent... Because he's like stuck under the wolves, right? Oh yeah, he's getting mauled right now. He's and he's pretty he, hurt. Yeah, he's not going to answer you. He's fighting the wolf off and trying to keep it from tearing his throat out. Like he's he's very distracted. Uh, okay. Uh, noob player to DM question. Yes. What if 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 we wanted to talk to this guy, but not just kill him? Oh yeah. Have, so what do I? Uh, the way it works is that when you when you bring people down to zero HP, they are, for all intents and purposes, unconscious. 
Uh, and the like, the unsaid thing is, after combat, you just go and kill them, or they die or bleed out, as a rote matter of fact. Um, but then the second they go down, technically they're at zero HP, unconscious and not actually dead until combat is over. So once this guy goes down, like if you want to try to stabilize him once combat ends or something, that's totally fine. You can do that. How much damage has he taken so far? Uh, quite a bit. Um, he's he's looking pretty hurt. Um, not not like on death's door or anything, but uh, he's uh, worse for wear. Uh, and what what kind of creatures are these? Um, these are. I mean, they're they're all kind of wearing face masks. But you can see, uh, I, like, almost bandana-looking things. But by their tops of their ears, they definitely appear to be some form of elf. What was the thing with the rope? Or, like, were they? Uh, I mean, they descended on rope out of the canopy. Uh, the three other guys that you knocked out uh, went back up the same way, and you don't know where they're at. Hmm. Just for fun, since this is new. Mm. Um, going, uh, actually, no. I'm just gonna keep it simple. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna cast. I'm gonna cast fire bolt. Go for it. Uh, fifteen. Let me double check on his armor class. It's gonna actually hit him. Uh, so go roll that damage. Oh. Um, oh, you. Oh, you did nineteen. Uh, nineteen at first. Yeah, but roll the damage. On. Isn't that the fun? Damage is under the damage. Oh. Oh, the damage is 15. You're, you do 2d10? 19 to hit. Yeah, because I hit level 5. Oh, shit. That's, uh, that makes Fireball actually useful. Uh, so yeah, you, <laughs> you, you throw that out, uh, it nails him square in the chest, his armor catches the fire a little bit, um, and he's, yeah, he's, uh, he's now a little bit on fire and also has a wolf on top of him. He's having a real bad day, uh, is still alive though. So next up in the order, we're going to have John. This guy is, uh, it's, it's almost like shooting fish in a barrel at this point. All right, uh, the question, okay, now that he, the dude's kind of down, uh, do we want to try to, you know, converse with him? Should I not try to? Just take him down to zero hit points. And then knock, knock him out. Last one, this will be it. Oh, what, well, I'm sorry. No, not that one. I meant the dagger. There we go. <laughs> uh, cool. So the twenty-five does hit. We'll we'll just sweep that under the rug. So you you run up while this guy's being nailed down by a wolf and uh, just shank him. Serves him right. And damage. Another yeah. five. Man. And he he yells out and it's just like in in so much pain. Still not dead though. Uh, so Solgrid, you got this guy out in front of him. What are you gonna do? Bam, 23, definitely going to hit. You narrowly avoid the wolf and bring the hammer down right on top of him. Uh, And he screams out again. 11 damage. He's looking real, real bad. Uh, He's he's pretty close. How much damage is this guy taking? You see quite a bit. He's he's got a... He's got a a fair number of hit points, though. So... He's... At disadvantage because he's on the ground, right? Oh so uh, yes, yes. I just want to make sure. Yeah. 
before I click this next button. God damn, yeah, you smack him again. Uh, seven damage, and he started, like, he was screaming and kind of fighting before, and he's looking like he's given up. Like, he's, uh, he's gotten a lot quieter, like, he's barely fighting back and keeping the wolf at bay. Uh, not looking great, um, but he is going to get one more turn. So it's back to the top of the order in him. He's going to make a last desperate attempt with uh, his remaining strength to throw the wolf off. And he does, and he just, like, finds his last second wind, gets up, tosses the wolf aside, um, and is then going to slash at it. Uh, is absolutely going to hit the wolf. Hits the wolf for nine damage, and the wolf's going to make a constitution save. And let me double check my save number that it has to get to. Let me double check the wolf constitution. What's the wolf constitution? Plus two. Plus two. All right. Uh, the wolf does save, um, but he still takes 12 poison damage. I don't know uh, how much HP do these guys have. Okay. So he's still up. Yeah, Wolf gets slashed at, but he is still up and, and doing great. Uh, this guy looks exhausted, and he's uh, real, real tired. Um, Yaku, that's your turn. Uh, I'm going to um, I'm going to hold my staff at his throat. All right. And like he's right next to me, right? Like I'm on top of him, basically. Yeah, you got it, it, it's a dog pile on the. <laughs> Uh, on this dude right here. So. <laughs> See what you did there? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just going to hold my staff there and and um, tell him to submit. Uh, all right. Yeah, he's... Um, you get up and hold a seven. He looks at you. Uh, about, wait, he's... submit and I'll call the I'll call the wolves off you. Um, all right. Make a uh, make an intimidation check. Oh, this hippie ass elf is way yeah. intimidating. <laughs> well, you got two wolves by your side, so it's gonna help. I'd say make an intimidation yeah. check with advantage because you have two wolves at your command here, and he knows uh, he knows he's outnumbered. Oh, ain't that some shit? <laughs> yeah. Uh, somehow, despite that, this guy's got real big balls, and he's just like looks at you and just oh. very suddenly shakes his head uh but i mean I'll, I'll give that to you as a freebie you can you can take an action nice if you want. yeah so i'm gonna use my staff and uh i got the shillelagh um uh cantrip uh-huh so it allows me i think to use uh, wisdom as opposed to right uh yeah instead of strength so um what do i i roll my spell casting ability What's the difference there? How do I do that, sir? So whatever your spellcasting ability is, so you get like a plus six, so you'd add that to uh, your attack roll for your staff. D20? Oh no, for a staff? Uh, hold on one second. Going back to it. All right, so yeah, then you'd add six to that instead of the, instead of the two that you, nope, you got proficiency. Yeah, you would just add six on top of that. So you definitely hit him. Uh, quarter staff and dead ass. Wow. Um, it's a wine man. night, bro. I get a, I get a little ornery <laughs> when I drink wine. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and roll damage on that. And the damage is. Doo, 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 doo. 
What is the damage of a quarterstaff? Well, you just click the... It should be in there normally, so just click your uh, quarterstaff under the uh, attack roll. That's weird. That shouldn't happen. Okay. okay. Uh, in that case, uh, it is... Yeah. A, yeah, we'll gotta everybody's weapons don't work for some reason, so apparently I I fucked something I up do. and I have to do Yeah. Cool. Maybe maybe Solgar can tell I you how to put your weapons mine. in correctly. Okay. Um but we'll do that later. Um but right now you're gonna get um shit. It's a D eight plus two plus um you get plus on the damage as well, so it's a plus two plus six, so it's a D eight plus eight, if I'm doing math correctly. All right, so you're going to do 12 damage, and that's plenty. As you take the Staff of the Woodlands and you clock this guy right in the face, uh, and his head snaps sideways, uh, and he goes down. And uh, as soon as he goes down and hits the... Wait. Yes. Um, Having seen that before they got carried away, uh, if it's okay with you, and I'll roll whatever I have to roll, I'd love to um, jump on top of him so as to prevent him from being taken up into the up into the canopy. Oh, for sure. Uh, make an athletics check. Oh, you had to say that. <laughs> you sure it's not acrobatics? <laughs> you know what? If, I, I, you can justify it, so if you, if you have a bigger bonus on acrobatics, you can roll that. Let's, let's be nice here. And, eh. Athletics it is! Yeah, um, and even that is not quite going to do it. I think you run up and what you see happens, and this happens very quickly, he goes down. Uh, this vine or rope uh, kind of comes down from the canopy and almost shoots toward him. Comes down, wraps around one of his arms, and starts pulling him up. You rush toward him and are just kind of barely manage to grab onto his legs before he's up and out of sight. And I think the rope uh, starts straining a bit, but keeps going, and you're getting lifted up really slowly, but lifted up all the same, hanging onto this dude's legs. Grab my ankle! Grab my ankle! Um, That's your can cue. I pull out? I'm gonna pull out a track. rope real quick and tie it to his foot and then attach the other end to a tree. I'm yeah, just gonna go grab Yaku's foot. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll, I'm I'll gonna grab. do this. Cool. Um, he's moving slowly enough that the bar is not really high here, so you guys can all go and grab him. And you start feeling pretty pretty stretched out. Yeah, it feels kind of nice for a second. But then it, the weight becomes too much, and I think this rope uh, slowly starts uncoiling from this dude's arm. And if you guys are all putting your weight down into it, um, he is going to get dropped. So I think at this point he's probably about uh, uh, 10, 15 feet up, like you guys could just barely grab onto Yaku's ankles as he was going up with him. Um, so he drops about 15 feet. Uh, and I think you can manage to just barely make it out of the way, Yaku, and not take any damage from this. Um, someone asked you a quick around. question. Yeah. Um, in, in that process, do I have the ability, uh, whether it's perception or not, to tell if the rope is... Um, like man-made, so to speak, or if it's like a like a natural vine. Roll a nature check. Um, it looks pretty natural. Like it, I mean, obviously it's not behaving naturally, but it looks like it was not sure. made. Oh, thank you. All right. Um, cool. So this guy hits the ground with a thud. Uh, he is now unconscious and also very hurt from the fall. 
so he's not doing really well. Um, so if, if somebody wants to stabilize him, otherwise he's probably going to die. Go for a Fetral. So you wanna like, it. while that's happening, can I, can I check, like, am I able to discern what type of elf this is? Um, yeah, you can pull, like, you can pull his mask down and look at it more closely, and this appears to be a high elf. Interesting. Yeah. So, there we go. Um, sure, um, you could have just stabilized him a little bit if you want to actually bring him back to be, I, you know, conscious. I want to stabilize him, I didn't want to okay. spend a spell if I didn't have to. Um, so you guys can stabilize him. He's not going to die. And if you wait a few minutes, he'll come around and, and come out of uh, consciousness. Uh, you know, before he wakes up, are you guys going to do anything like tie him up or take his weapons or anything? Yeah. Uh, take his weapons. Um, do we want to tie him up? Are we also got one of us watching up above us for the other guys to drop back down? Yeah, one of you can do that, but you haven't heard anything yet. I'll tell you what, I'll I'll keep the wolves um on either side of him. Uh-huh. Uh they're they're around for twenty four hours, by the way. And uh I will if anybody else wants to join me, we'll be staring straight up. Alright. Uh cool. So you're doing that. Uh you guys are not gonna get surprised for sure. This guy comes back around weaponless and uh Looks up and looks around at you, and who all speaks Elven? Elvish, however you say it in this game. Ooh, I do. Me. Same. I do. Alright, so Solgrid and Yaku do, nobody else does. What time of day is it? Um, it's, um, pretty, it's pretty late in the evening. You guys got here, uh, not quite at sunset, but pretty late. You think you decided to go ahead and just go for it and see what happened. Um, so it's getting pretty late, it's getting pretty dark, but there's still a little bit of light. Alright, uh... I'll cast Tongues. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, that was fun. Sorry, um, just so I can understand, I can hear what they're saying, too. Okay, if that helps you with uh, understanding Elvis, sure. So, the three of you are going to understand this guy, and the other two of you aren't. And he... Looks around and looks at all of you and just says, Oh, good show, good show. And uh, does like a, a, you know, a slow, he starts to like, looks like he's going to try to do a slow cap, clap, but then like brings his hands together and just like cringes in pain. And it's just like, oh, God, not, not yet, not yet. Pretty nonchalant Ooh. that just attacked us. I did have to see what you were made of, didn't I? No, he didn't, but okay. Well, not many people want to run into this place of their own accord. I'd much prefer a conversation. Yes, I can do that for you. What do you want to know? You've you found this place, so obviously you either know something going in, or you're real stupid. A little bit of both. <laughs> he says, All right, fair enough, fair enough. What's the reason for the attack? Well, we're, as I guess, uh, sort, of a, sort of an advanced guard, uh, if you will, that deals with, you know, minor threats that happen to, to come through the path uh, now and again. If you 
we don't think it's any uh really huge thing, which no offense, you guys uh guys are obviously a little better than I thought you'd be. But uh if we if we don't think it's a, a major threat, we will come and uh swiftly dispatch them. But since you can actually uh stand up for yourselves, maybe maybe I'll take it's a bit more interesting. So by the very fact that we were on the path makes us a threat? Well, of course it does. You don't, you don't keep a city hidden very well if you just let any Tom, Dick, or Harry stroll through the gate and walk right in, do you? So you As I said before, we'd much rather have a discussion about the city than have to fight for it. Wait, wait, wait. This guy's our friend now? Uh, like, I mean, he's not your friend, but he's, he's chatting with you. Is the guy that's stuck in with a dagger? Yes. Mm. Chris, I ask one of the uh, wolves to give a menacing growl. All right. Um, well, you. It must be fun. I'll roll for intimidation for the wolf here. It's not very menacing. You rolled a two. Um, <laughs> I say in Elvish, you got anything to uh, to fix this wound you poked in me, dear elf? He says, "Only myself. Uh, I've only got the." Small things on me, but he takes a little pouch off of his belt and uh, tosses it to you. And he says, "Sorry, some some giant herbs will do you a bit of good. Just rub that on the wound, and you should be uh, feeling a little bit better." All right. How all many right. of your Thank How you. many of your friends are in the canopy above us? It's all right. It was just uh, it was just those three in the team, but they already went back to the city. Uh, back of the city, there's going to be uh, hundreds. Are you ready to take us to the city? Friend? Question mark. Um, he he looks at you with kind of a a little bit of a grin and says, "No, why would I want to do something like that?" Why wouldn't you? I don't know anything about you. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you came from. What you want? Uh, you could you uh, trying to do anything. We, we came here under the from the direction of of Nezra, or no, we're in search of Nezra. We're in search of Lapida who is Nazra's cousin. We come here to speak with Lapida on a uh, task of Nazra. Um, and that is his, his smirk that he's gone on kind of falls a little bit and says, well, now that's a pretty damn good reason, isn't it? And he slowly picks himself up, uh, dusts himself off, uh, and starts off with a limp. Uh, and he starts walking down the path. And he said, uh, no, just so there's no more surprises. He better follow close behind. Chris? Yes. It, he's still visibly wounded. Oh, very much so. Um, I'm gonna let me I'm gonna cast heal wounds on him. Oh, you're a nice guy. Uh yeah, go for it. No, I'm all selfish. I took like three <laughs> three damage. And I'm like, you got something for me. <laughs> you're bleeding out. Yep. How much does cure wounds do? Uh, so I, that's one... of... I mean, this this guy's gonna be fine. He's not gonna oh, die on the path. Shit. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> well, he appreciates the thought and nods at you, but he's he's walking ahead. Uh, are you guys gonna follow? I am. I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna let him know I'm I'm not I'm not accustomed to to fighting my brethren. Is this all right? Huh? Unfortunately, uh. I am. Uh, but not as, not as many as you might think. Uh, and all right. 
Squidward is fully unhands himself for 10. Cool, cool. I'm very uh, interested in knowing what y'all have been talking about over there. Oh, yeah, Fetchel has, like, has just heard uh, this entire conversation in Elvish. I guess we're following this guy possibly back to the city. But not really sure. Could be another trap. Maybe. Uh, cool. what, is, what is your name, friend? It's, uh... Hang on, I got to actually look at what his name is. Where did I write that down? It says, my name's Connell. Connell. I am Yaku. How how do we know where you're leading us? There's not more um, fights awaiting us. <laughs> it is well. I'll tell you this: the path yon goes one direction, and you can you can walk down it for sure. And you can get to the end of the path. You can be with me, or you can be separate. If you're with me, maybe things go well. If you're not, then uh, you're not you're not gonna make it back. At that, I tell the wolves to flank him on either side and um, uh, accompany him on the on the path. Yep. Uh, so they do that, and you guys walk down the path. And you guys probably walked about half an hour or so to get to this ambush site. And if you keep walking, it's about another half an hour or so. You're about halfway there. And you come around the curve in the path, and these trees start opening up, and you start seeing a uh, what, what remains of the daylight, you see a bit more light coming through. And off in the distance, you hear sounds of rushing water, and you see some activities. And just as you're coming into this clearing, the guy you're with um, makes a really loud uh, series of sharp whistles. And after he does that, you just hear like so much rustling in the trees above you. But then it stops, and nothing else happens. It's just like you—you you hear what sounded like dozens of guys that were probably had sights on you uh, for a lot of this, a lot of this journey. Uh, and then he pauses to do that, and then keeps walking. And you guys come up to an opening in the trees, and you see this in. The sunset and the twilight. <clears throat> and just as a... Uh, hey, look, quick, it's uh, Rivendell. A quick thing for our audio listeners. I have a, a description as you guys are walking in. It's beautiful. The overgrowth and underbrush part before you like a veil, and you emerge into the sight of a timeless city. Vast trees hundreds of feet high tower overhead and cast the scene in an ethereal twilight. Everywhere you look among the trunks and branches are buildings that seem to be extensions of nature itself, drawn up from the stone of the forest floor and the bark of the trees. A swift river rushes through the center of the city, crisscrossed with several suspended bridges that are traveled by citizens nearly as ethereal and beautiful as your surroundings themselves. You're encompassed by the constant sounds of rapids and waterfalls and the buzzing of insects, endless bird song, and conversation everywhere you look. The sense of herbs and spices occasionally waft through the air, and you get the sense of old magic, of peace, and of home. The most so, urban forest I've ever been in. And you guys have walked into the entrance to the city of Yenthir. And with that, we're going to take about a 10-minute break and come back, and we'll see what happens. 
So uh, now that we did that super uh, cool description and you guys get to see the pretty picture, um, for gameplay practical purposes, I got to pull you over to the really shitty map uh, <laughs> that uh, I designed entirely. So it's why it's so shitty. Uh, and this is a very rough representation of the major areas of Yenthir. Very, very rough indeed. Uh, and you guys are coming in from the south in this path right about down here. And you're walking up through the opening in the trees. Uh, and on either side of you, you saw the, these kind of, uh, kind of white marbled towers that are flanking the side, uh, on a, you know, either side of the path as you wander in. And on top of these towers, you see some sort of, like, very intricate crystal lattice work that seems to be humming with some sort of energy, uh, but you can't really tell what they're doing. Uh, and you walk in, and you're still following uh, Connell here as he leads you into the city. And as you start walking in to see more people, like uh, it appears that it's a large, it is a large, large majority population of high elves. Uh, that is. Basically, all of the people here, um, occasionally, occasionally, you see a dwarf somewhere, uh, maybe a gnome. You have seen zero humans, or really any other races, but like it's 95% elf. And then you walk in and start to get a better look at some of, you know, the areas of the city, and you have all sorts of roads branching off in different directions. Uh, there are more paths than are what are shown in the map, but this is just a really general idea. There's some uh, larger structures, and you walk through the town. Everybody is just staring at you guys. Like, they'll give you a really brief stare, look really hard at you, and then kind of look away. But you are uh, definitely standing out. And you walk up to where the river is, and you start leading, uh, Kyle starts leading you across this bridge here. And you cross over this river and get to an area that looks like kind of a town center, and as you walk into it, it's almost like, you know, a carnival or some kind of very large market where, like, there's there's all sorts of tents just all over the place, uh, and there's tents of people selling food or various wares, and it's like this very, this huge open-air market that's going on, and surrounding where the market is in the, in the center of this town, there's um, a lot of larger, more permanent structures, uh, some of which are pretty easy to recognize. Um, you can see one that's like a tannery uh, and a leather workers. Uh, you see uh, a couple of different blacksmiths. You see uh, herbalists. You see all basically any any profession that you might uh, be able to spot in a, in a major city somewhere. Somewhere. And as you walk off to the left here, you see this large interconnected series of of buildings that look almost like they're made out of solid amethyst. And like this, just series of domes almost that are connected to each other, um, and it gives off some sort of very, very magical presence and energy. Uh, and Connell keeps walking you through the city, and you guys take a pretty leisurely stroll. Like the place is rather large. Um, to those of you who've been in like the major cities of the world before, uh, if you've been to like Waterdeep or Neverwinter or something like that, like it's not that big. Like, it's not, like, you know, fantasy New York. Like, it's not a huge, huge city. But as far as, like, 
hey, there's a village out in the middle of the woods. Like it is, it's more substantial than you thought it would be. And there's definitely a lot of infrastructure here to support, you know, you can't tell, but probably a number of thousands of, of people live here. Hey, Chris? Yes, sir. I'm just uh, out of character. Um, for the lore, it wood elves are descendants of high elves that just left cities and went into the into the forest or into nature. Is that? Um, gosh, I'd have to I'd have to actually look into that, but I'm not okay. uh, I'm not entirely sure. Cool. Never uh, mind. Are uh, Fetral and I needing to stay by the? Speakers of the Elvish, or are there people here who speak human English? Um, so far, nobody's tried talking to you, okay. other than Connell here. All right, can I yell out, does anybody speak English, and see what kind of reaction I get? Uh, yeah, you do that. Common. And, uh, it's yes, common. It is common as well. Um, English, what the fuck is that? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take a few steps away from him as soon as he yells that. Yeah. <laughs> You yell that out, and you see um, a few people look over at you, like, with really quizzical expressions on their faces. Uh, and, yeah, nobody nobody seems to volunteer this information. Uh, but anyway, Connell keeps leading you on. And it look turns around when you do that, and it's just like, I promise that they're friendly when you get to know them. Uh, and what does real... say that in? Elvish or common? And Elvish. Uh, I just uh, smile vacantly and say yeah and and then look away. Cool. Um and then keeps walking you there and walks you to the back of, of the city, at least, you know, from the perspective of the entrance. And you come up to a very, very large structure, and it looks almost like uh kind of like a ziggurat or you know, like a stepped pyramid. Um but it's made out of this white marble with uh, just streaks of veins of gold and silver running through it. It's this gorgeous building. Um, it's also very, very large, and has this very large set of uh, kind of smaller steps. Come, a uh, huge building, and Connell uh, tells you to wait at the steps. He says, "Look, uh, this is kind of sacred ground to." Well, any of us here, but it's especially to outsiders. So if you if you don't mind me going ahead of you for for a few minutes to kind of t- to test the waters, I'm oh I I'm I'm a captain in in the defenses. I'm I, I'm a guard. I, I'm not anyone with a position of a lot of authority. So this this might take some doing on my part. But if you don't mind waiting here for a bit, I'll see what I can do. Is he still speaking Elvish? Yes. We're waiting here. All right. I'm going to try to follow him unless someone tells me that. I, I'm saying it all out that we're waiting here. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so he disappears inside, goes up these steps. As soon as he disappears, I'm going to look to the party and be like, why do I feel like our prisoner just took us prisoner? Well, you, I mean, nobody else has approached you guys. You guys are apparently free here. Like, there are a couple of what look like kind of ceremonial guards almost standing at the top of the steps that are just looking out and kind of looking in your general direction but aren't like really threatening you in any way. You're you're being watched but like there there's nobody trying to actively restrain you or anything. I mean we did kind of save his life. Yeah. It, it would have been saved yeah. anyways, but we didn't know that. Yeah. 
It's it's not um, about what Chris. Yes, sir. What's his name again? Colin. Connell. 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 Um, what of what of your friends? Are they? Uh, I mean, he's he's them? he's disappeared inside. So he's he's left you guys already. Ah, shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it takes a it's it takes a few minutes. Um, you wait around probably five ten minutes or so, and you don't see Connell come you- out. Did any of you tell me this is sacred ground? No. All right, then I'm just going to go sit on the stairs. Yep, me too. The Brad, the, the map is very flawed, and I acknowledge that. The water just gets, keeps going. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> it, it goes underground for a few hundred feet. I don't know, whatever. Uh, so, like the middle. Did you do the middle bottom of the map first? Um, I, I think I started from the top. Oh, okay. Because like the middle, the middle stuff all like faces different directions, but then yeah. the houses on the top left and top right are all the same direction. This is kind of funny. It's that was to add variety. I, I appreciate the work <laughs> that you put into this because this probably wasn't the easiest thing in the world. Eh, it, it it took a bit of time. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, guys. I feel so warm and fuzzy. <laughs> um, so Connell doesn't come back out. Well, however, uh, you do see a couple more of these honor guard guys who are holding these kind of large uh, gilded spears and wearing uh, this very dark black leather armor with uh, green cloaks on, and they come out. And they come down the steps, uh, weapons held up, not pointed at you. And they approach, and one of them says, uh, in very broken common, you will follow us now. All right, so Fetral and I get up and follow, I, I yeah. guess, as well. Yeah. <clears throat> I, ask uh, an Elvish, I ask an Elvish, where are we going? You came asking for Lepaide by name. Very few people even know of her existence, much less where to find her. She finds that curious and would like to see you. The taking is to Lapida. Cool. Okay. Um, so you guys follow them in. <coughs> and everybody, uh, you, you see duh, a couple dozen more of these honor guard guys that are kind of lining uh, various entry points and hallways within the structure, but you go into this very, very large open hall. And the top of it is all just open skylighting. Uh, and it's now pretty much dark enough that you can see uh, a bit of the stars up through the, the glass ceiling on this giant hall. Uh, and you see it lit by, you know, kind of a, a combination of candlelight and there are some what looks like magic crystals of some kind lining the walls that are giving this place a very like cool amber glow and you walk in is it is it pretty chill vibes it's pretty chill vibes is uh, how Santiago is, is this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these aren't these aren't magical like stone crystals though so these are just you're just kind of chill is this also made from amethyst or not uh no it's not this is like some sort of uh faintly white crystal anyway so you go up and a couple more sets of steps and you approach the highest tier of this large hall and down at the end of it 
there's a raised dais, and there are three... You would guess you could call them thrones. They're not that uh, kind of resplendent, but there's these raised uh, seats of marble that look like they're carved right out of the material of the building. And there are three figures sitting before you. And the one in the center is uh, an elven woman with uh, very straight, very brilliant white hair uh, and looks to be pretty old. Uh, and she is looking straight at you, and she's flanked on her right side by a hulking, a huge, huge, huge dude who is wearing this green, almost like Viridian plate mail. Like a cereal uh, crusher, or...? Nah, he's, he's almost bigger than that guy. <laughs> um, but he's, he's very bald and looks, uh, <clears throat> you know... He's very, like, no-bullshit, no-nonsense kind of guy. And then sitting at her left hand is another woman who is younger, uh, has this very uh, dark, curly hair, uh, and is wearing these um, kind of... She's wearing robes that are the same color as uh, the other guy's armor. And she is sitting, kind of looking up at you from reading some sort of tome that she's holding in her lap. And you approach uh, these three people... And the one in the middle looks down at you and says, I've heard you've asked for me. Is she speaking common? Yes. Thank you. All right. Chris, uh, with with my uh, dire wolves flanked on either side, we all kind of give a, not a like body bow, but a, you know, a head, head nod and like, respect to her. Um, she like tips her head just very slightly in your direction. Well, uh, Lady Lapida, we uh, are here, uh, sent by your cousin, whose name I can't remember. Uh, Nasra. We we were directed to you by Nasra uh, in regard to uh, a uh, certain missing pages of a book. I think. And she... Is that, is that what we're well, Yes. <laughs> okay. So first... So, okay, so you see this. First she says... Uh, she smiles a bit and says, It's good that Nasra still lives. It's been a number of years since I've heard from her. I am surprised that she would have sent you my way. But what is it about a book? Would you... I... I'm sorry, I haven't formally introduced myself. I am Lapida. Uh, which is fine, given name you you may call me that. I don't really have a formal title, uh, but I am the what passes for the ruling body here. I'm the head archivist. What we do is preserve knowledge. That is why this place exists that's why it's been hidden and that's why it's so well protected as we are a repository of knowledge that has been lost to the world our archives oh, have it's you hit it our archives have thousands of books uh, you might have to be a bit more specific 
There was a book that NASRA's community of people was uh, protecting. Um, yes. So they were protecting some uh, some of the pages of it. Okay, so not the whole book, uh, though. NASRA never book. had the whole book. Okay. No. There were pages to a book that NASRA and those under her charge were protecting. Uh, and these pages are connected to a powerful entity, one that uh, the pages have been separated to protect all life. Uh, does this ring a bell to you? And she looks at you for a hard moment. And it is really hard to see any kind of expression on her face. And she's very stonewalled. And she says, did something, did something happen to these items? You, you don't have any of these items with you, do you? I, uh, um, well, she sent it with us. And you see her frown just very, um, kind of imperceptibly. And she leans over to the, the woman that's at her left hand and whispers something into her ear. And she immediately gets off and takes off and runs into a, a side passage off of this hall. And... Uh, a few minutes later, um, comes back and is carrying a stack of books. And you see, I make a perception check. Okay. Oh, Trit. shit. Yeah, nat 20. Uh, she runs in carrying a stack of books. Um, in you, with a nat 20, you see that all these books are uh, extraordinarily old looking. And something uh, that you notice now that you did not notice before. Uh, and we believe it's something that she got when she ran off, is she's now uh, wearing some sort of strange, uh, intricate uh, metalworked amulet around her neck that was not there before. Does it have uh, seven points to it? It does not have seven points to it. I believe it has three. Uh, but it's kind of like a... Th I don't know. I don't know what to call the shape. But anyway, it's this cool amulet. And she comes running back, uh, and the gentleman, the very bald, very large guy, gets up, uh, and they have an he has an exchange with Lapita really quick, and they whisper back and forth for a bit. And he looks at you and says, "Accompany me at once." In common to us as a group, or as to me, to you as a group, uh, and. He starts walking with you and kind of ushering you out of the room. Uh, and the curly-headed woman is uh, kind of following, following right behind you. Where are we going? It says we must go to the archive. Uh, archive it is. All right. So he rolls you guys out of the temple. And you follow him. He takes you down south into the city and off to another side path. Which on the map takes you about over here. And you walk down uh, another side street, and you walk up to this uh, other very large building. Uh, and this one has just this huge, huge, like, rotunda. This is just central tower, almost, at several levels high. And it's, 
just outlined in this really uh, brilliant green stone, like malachite or something, uh, or accented all over the structure that's also like the same white marble as the temple is. And it's really dark, and not a lot of people are out. There's, I think, a couple token guards posted up outside uh, the entrance to this place that look really, really bored. It, until they see the big bald dude walking up with all of you, and then they just immediately like snap to attention and hold their weapons up straight. Uh, and he nods at them, walks you right through the doors of this building, and you walk in, and it's very dark. There's this couple scattered candles uh, about, and from the candlelight, as you as you walk in, you can see just this enormous room open up, and it's just a huge cylindrical atrium, and all around you are just these balconies and alcoves and things that are just filled with shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves of books and scrolls and all sorts of stuff. And you walk in, and the big dude walks out in the middle of the room and yells very loudly, Gather on! And nothing happens for uh, a beat or two. Then you hear footsteps and an older elven man wearing a white robe. Uh, and he's wearing these kind of these glasses that are like old-timey bifocals, but they have like seven or eight different sets of lenses on them. Uh, and he comes out and looks very tired and looks up at uh, the big bald guy and says, it says, Elion, Elion, what? What is what? It's late. What do you, what do you need at this hour? I was very nearly asleep. And he nods in your direction, and then walks over to him, whispers something in his ear, and then he looks over at the woman who had followed you guys. It says they. They have it? They have they And she nods. And he says, Look, I... Oh, okay. I, I, let's, let us... We, we need to go somewhere uh, more comfortable for this kind of conversation. Uh, please follow me. Uh, and you guys follow him because I don't want to keep asking you, Oh, hey, do you follow this person, this person, this person? You follow him down a side corridor and he takes you to a smaller room. Uh, that looks kind of like a very cozy study with a couple of uh, like wicker armchairs in it and a, and a few shelves of books, but there's a fire going. And he he says, please... Does he speak common? Uh, yes, he is speaking common. Sorry, I should clarify this. In common, he says. Um, and you follow him to this uh, kind of lounge area, and he says, please, please sit sit down. I... I can't believe that somebody has recovered another one of the pages. I why another why another one? Why why did you bring it here? Another one? Yes, uh, there's it's, there's it is a book that it was a book. There there are a number there are a number of pages, but you you have you, one. You said you can't believe someone recovered another one, as if you've seen one recently. Uh, make a persuasion check. Uh, 17. He says, I, I, 
I have. I have seen one, not not recently, but there, there, I have seen such things before. Have you ever touched one and interacted with the entity in it? Uh, and he shivers a little bit and says, many years ago, only once, and once was enough for a lifetime. Interesting, interesting. From my understanding, it's a rather uh, tempting uh, situation where you want to go back. That is the impression that I got, but thank- thankfully I'm at least used to be pretty strong-willed. I'd like to think I still am. Well, how do you how do you have it on you? You don't just have it in a, in a pack or something, do you? Like it's it's not easily accessible, is it? Oh yes, it is absolutely. Um, <laughs> but we, to answer your question, we were sent here to um, to seek Lapida's help in finding the person who is trying to reassemble the book. And he says, "Somebody, somebody is is somebody's attempting to reassemble it." actively like you you know this uh yeah i didn't think it was a very good idea that she sent us with the page you know to seek out the person who's trying to like put the book back together but you know that's why i don't have the page so uh yeah not not too sure what else uh to say about it we're here to get some more information and some help in this quest he says well i i i'm not sure i understand fully nazareth's reasoning but if i could hazard a guess, I'd say that she'd rather know the location of it, at least, than, than not. And I mean, I thought it was her job to protect it, but, you know, like I said, uh, not I didn't voice these uh, frustrations and concerns at the time, so here we are. Anybody who, who travels with an artifact like that, regardless of how strong they are, is under a great amount of pressure. And under a great deal of temptation. And I, I can't see anybody willingly taking that task on. But if you have, then... Godspeed to you. But... If I can... Look, I... I'm not an expert in these things. I, I have a great deal of knowledge. And a great deal of lore. And a great deal of hearsay. About... This particular tome and where it came from and how it works. I don't know how true any of it is because anybody who actually knew has been dead or passed on to another plane of existence a very long time ago. But I will help in whatever way I can. So we were sent to Lapida so that Lapida could. So and Lapida sent us to you. Are you are you the one with the most information about this? In this side of the material plane, I believe. Yes, I am. So what is it? He said, I said, well, it's a bit of a long story. It, uh, throughout the world, there are a number of artifacts, very, very powerful magic items that were created eons ago, either by gods or uh, mortals who overstepped their bounds or natural processes themselves. And these things, for all intents and purposes, are immortal. And they, they don't fade and they don't wither and, and, and fall apart. They can't be destroyed by normal means. There's a very, very few things in this plane that could, could hope to, to permanently destroy one. 
and there are various levels of of power and usefulness and of of alignment there are some that are very very neutral and can be used for good or ill and don't have any will uh, one way or the other there are some that are uh noble and pure and there are some that are, of course evil and malicious and created to sow chaos and you're holding and a piece of one of them yeah one case. one guess on what kind this is it's it's a piece of it's an artifact called the tome of will and what we know places its creation uh, more than a thousand years ago by a cabal of the most powerful wizards of the age and they wanted to make something that would outlast and then they wanted to leave a legacy they wanted to create something that was an expression of all of the power and we don't know what their motivations were in the first place but we do know that one of them was corrupted one of them had been approached by an evil entity maybe a fallen god we're not sure who it is but we know he was corrupted and he wanted to use the tome for his own ends and so when they created this this object the 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 others in the cabal they were all drained of most of their power and it funneled into him but something went wrong and he became part of the artifact itself it's it's called the tome of will and if it's fully assembled it has the power to change reality itself it has the power to manifest any number of things that are written in it it can create it can destroy it can reshape things it could unmake things from existence like bees i i suppose bees it, it could do it could do virtually anything this only limit would be the the mental fortitude and and the and the will of the person who was was using it it it's not a fact of untold destruction chaos that's why it never it must never be brought together okay so uh one how do we destroy it and um two how do we keep the part of it that we have safe from the rest of it as well safe is uh safe is a pretty relative term which one of you is uh, is carrying this object i don't actually know i think I it's so good i think is it's it and so yeah back. yeah because um, that's because remember i had to uh reach into your sack uh lovingly and take it out and then no, put it back in. oh wait that. yeah yeah you weren't there okay that's where the whole Stroking your sack thing came from. Hmm. <clears throat> I hope you were nice. I'm uh, very, so, very courteous. So I pull the book from my sack. <laughs> cool. Uh, you you pull the, the page out. All the pages, the page, right? Yeah, and he he looks shocked, and uh, you're you just reach in and pull it out, right? He doesn't touch it yeah. with his skin because we all know that we don't touch it with our skin. I mean, I yeah. have armor on, so I wouldn't have touched it with my skin. 
Uh, yeah. So it comes out of the pack. Uh, make a make a wisdom save. It's not gonna be a God real high bar, but make a make a wisdom save real quick. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Twenty three. You're you're good, and you feel something just like tugging at the back of your mind, like uh, you know, just kind of annoyingly there, and then it kind of disappears, and nothing happens. Uh, but you pull it out, and the archivist uh, looks at it and just says, "Oh." God no! You, uh, I. Look, the the best place for that to be is right back where it was. If you had to put it back, I, I can tell, just the power coming off of it. I can already tell that it is it is as real as you as you say it is. That's the real deal. But if you wouldn't mind putting that back in your uh, your pack, and those of you who aren't carrying it, uh, I have something I would like to show you. I'm afraid, Sir Dwarf, what was your name? Solgrid. I'm afraid, Solgrid, that you'll... You will have to stay here. But what, I have... What, what if I had already touched it? Uh, I, I, I touched it beforehand. Should I, because I've been there, because I've touched it, should I wait out here with Mr. Dwarf as well? Uh, he says, how long have you been traveling with it? Uh, days, weeks? Ah, time is a fluid concept, friend. Uh, it's been about four or five days for you guys. Okay, uh, it's been about four or five days. I retract my previous statement. He says, I'm, I'm sure you're fine. Uh, I'm Mr. Mr. Sogan, I'm afraid you do have to stay here for this, but if you would allow me, I, I can help you still, uh, see what I'm going to, to show the others. And he, uh, reached us out, uh, and hovers a hand, uh, right over your forehead, and you have this brief moment where your vision goes black and you can't see anything, but then your vision shifts and you are looking at yourself from a higher perspective. Uh, and you're seeing your body standing there from the perspective of uh, the archivist. Okay. Uh, I shrug nonchalantly and put the page back in my sack. All right. So wow. he can see whatever you're seeing, I say to the archivist? Yes, yes, he will be able to, but he he cannot go where I'm going to take you. Okay, okay. If you feel like going to the bathroom in between mm -hmm. now and then, just to throw him off, I would be all for it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge. Okay. Uh, and then he takes it back into the large rotunda and walks out into uh, the center of the room and then goes over to one of the far walls. And places a hand uh, along it and just says, oh, where was it? Where was it? Was it this one? No, no. This one? This one? No. Uh, and then gets to one of the stone panels in the wall and puts his hand on it and rotates his hand slightly. And then you start hearing a grinding sound. And he he says, so feel free to, 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 to linger in the, in the center of the room. Uh, just keep your... Keep your arms and hands uh, free of any moving parts. And he walks out toward the center. And you guys trying to join him? Yeah. Uh, yep. So what you saw when you walked into this room was you saw this uh, like five-story uh, building, like all the alcoves and whatnot and books. And then it's very slowly you start feeling yourself uh, moving. And the entire floor of the building starts lowering. And you're going down, and as you go down, your it exposes more 
balconies and more levels and more hallways and more books. And you go down and you go down and you go down. And when this elevator finally stops, uh, whereas before you were in a room that had maybe five levels, now you're in a room with 25. And you are deep underground in this, this vast, vast tower of all these tomes. And when she reaches the bottom, he leads you off and leads you up to another wall. And he says, damn it, I haven't gotten into this one in a very long time. And kind of searches around and feels around for it uh, on it for a little bit. And then finds a specific stone and pushes the stone in. And the wall just kind of folds away and sinks into the floor. And then leads you into a dark room. And he says some kind of word in Elven. And lights come on all around it. All these uh, crystal kind of lamps get illuminated uh, in this very small circular room. And sitting in the center of the room is an enormous, enormous crystal uh, that's pretty clear uh, and polished. And it's, uh, you can't tell if it's like diamond or really clear quartz or whatever. But it's sitting there suspended in the middle of the room. And buried within the center of the crystal is a page from the book. And I think that's where we're going to end tonight.